is this? It's two queers slashing through an iconic horror franchise. I'm JD. I'm Meg. And we're We're screaming screaming in in Woodsboro. We're back. Woohoo! We're finally talking about it. <laughs> We're talking yes. about the movie that I've been waiting for this entire podcast. <laughs> we really should have just gone backwards, of course. <laughs> we, 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 we. That would have been really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been an interesting twist. Uh, com- coming October 2023. <laughs> Swinging with Bros back, and we're going in reverse this time. Ooh. <laughs> oh, so. Now that I say that, I kind of want to do that next year. Because <laughs> why not? I'm here for it. We should do this every year. I'm down for it. We're talking about I mean, we're, the I things mean, we're we didn't do get to talk about. I mean, heck, ne- ne- uh, next year in March, I mean, we're, or actually, since it, since it comes out March 31st, it will be April. Um, but it, but April next year, we're going to come back and do Scream 6. Yeah. We should do the Scream series then, too. Like, leading up to Scream 6. Even though they're not related, but that gives us some time. Anyways, this is behind the scenes talk. We are here to (laughs) talk the 2022 Scream movie, just titled Scream. No Scream 5, no 5 anywhere, jauntily in the title, and also the first one not actually blessed by Wes Craven. Yes, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah, Wes Craven, he passed away, I believe it was 2015 when he uh, passed away. And I, I, I remember this, I think I remember it being my senior year of high school when he passed away, which was very You are correct. Sucked. Yep. Yes. Yeah, it was my, yeah, it was my senior year. It sucked. Um, but instead, uh, this time around we have... The Radio Silence guys, Matt Bertinelli, open, and Tyler Gillett, directing, with uh, Guy Music and James Vanderbilt, writing. Um, if you have seen Ready or Not, like you should have, you Absolutely. Would, would also be just as excited as we were for this movie. <laughs> yeah, so there there was supposed to be a Scream 5 after Scream 4. Um, mm-hmm. that you know, the the Harvey Weinstein stuff happened, Wes Craven passed away, so it got pushed back even further. And yeah, I don't think I would have seen this. Well, let me rephrase this. I would have seen this no matter who did it. I don't think I would have been nearly as excited had anybody else been running this other than the guys that did Ready or Not. That was such a good yes. movie. It's <laughs> such a damn good I was so happy to catch that in theaters. Yeah, no, agreed. Like twenty, like twenty nineteen, like happened to be like my year for going to the movies so fucking much. I remember my December was jam packed with going to the movies like every week, and I yeah, can't think like, back. Twenty nineteen was my year. Twenty nineteen was my year. <laughs> I can't think back that far. I remember. Um, so I can tell you month by month what movies I saw. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. But I do know that, I can do that. I'm not uh, doing it, but I can. <laughs> that I had an Alamo uh, draft house pass, so I was paying to basically I could get one ticket a a, a day. Excuse me. Um, and I know that I was going to see my f- uh, f- uh, going to see movies with my friend Gina, um, who does Kill by Kill. 
And so I know I saw a lot of good things, but I am currently exhausted. And there's been three hellish years between then and now. But thankfully, we are getting some good horror movies this year, too. Like, yeah, holy shit. Like, can we talk about how awesome the new Hellraiser was? Haven't it was seen awesome. it yet. Oh, it's so good. <clears throat> no, it's, because I will, we're going I will, through a I will say. Go ahead. I will say. Like, like, like. If if you're ready for for it being a sex fueled gore fest, like temper your expectations. Like it's not like it is very gory. It has sex in it. It is not as sex fueled as I wish it was. Still love That's it. Though. Fair. Still That's love fair. it. It's it's still it's still a fucking awesome movie. David Bruckner has knocked it out of the park three for three after the Night House and the Ritual. I I love this man. I want him to continue making big weird big weird horror movies. Yeah, because of the move, I have just unfortunately not been able to watch really much of anything, um, except for Scream. Um, so let's. This one actually came out after you were aware of the series. So yes, when did you well, see oh, Scream at, Five? I saw Scream Five back in March. I, okay, I think I, I I forget which episode I I talked about it on, but so I watch. I've I've seen the first one many many times over the years. And then upon rewatching it back in December last year, I also just decided to say fuck it and watch Scream 2 right after for the first time. And then I was thinking, oh, I'm going to re- – so I'll watch e- like watch the other two sequels and then I can go see 5 when it comes out in January. Because I didn't do that. Just things happened. So then in March, uh, <clears throat> it showed up, I believe, on Paramount+. Plus. With yeah. the rest of the movies, so I sat one night and just watched three, four, and five back to back to back. Nice. And since then, I have watched five probably six or seven times. So I knew five was coming. I had texted my um, oldest and dearest friend, um, Rob, who I, Robin, who I saw four with, and was like, we're going to do it. We're going to go see five together. Omicron happened. I am. Mm. Uh, a, immunocompromised there was no way i was getting out like legitimately had the like internal conflict for the first time of being like this is something that i really want to do and covid was like no 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 so i also waited until paramount plus had it um and i watched it five times the first month like no joke i think i watched it two times the first day um like (laughs) It was fun because by this point, Red had seen them, so he recognized what I was watching without, um, like, like it, it didn't take him long. He remembers all the characters. Uh, definitely going to have him on next year to talk about it because, uh, again, just yes, had a I'm move. Bummed that we don't ha- I'm bummed that we don't have him right now, but, yeah. uh, oh, we're definitely, we, yeah, we're definitely going to have him on. Yeah. So, I yeah. Um, I so I think I have seen it upwards of a dozen times at this point. Like legitimately today when I don't need to watch it, I know this movie well enough. Yeah, I <laughs> didn't need to rewatch it, but I just I just wanted to rewatch it. No, like, no, no, that's fair. Like that's I was fair. like, I have the time, I'm watching this movie. <laughs> I and like I'm going to watch this. And I was thinking like it's the thing about Scream Five is also it's like it's one of those movies where I'm like I don't know. Do I do I do I really need to rewatch it again? I sit down and I start and I get through the fir- and I get through the opening. I'm just like, no, I need to rewatch this right now. Yeah, I no, need, I I need, I, to, I need to continue. I feel yeah. that. Uh, so 
The great thing about this movie is that um, unlike other horror franchises that are rebooting and ignoring the originals, um, again, this one is tying together the OG trilogy, uh, not ignoring Scream 4 at all, even though it is considered the weakest of this or one of the weaker of the series. It refuses to ignore anything like it, it doesn't it doesn't do the trends of ignoring all the the quote-unquote bad movies and finding like a reset point uh but instead embraces everything that has happened uh and continues moving forward that being said like we actually have an og cast that feels like it's gonna stay or new cast (laughs) yeah i actually i'm gonna make an a comparison here to to comic books and specifically like superhero comics so i see like every other slasher franchise that does this and we have friday the 13th halloween nightmare on elm street nightmare on elm street doesn't do that really doesn't do that much um but there is but there is a remake and then there's freddy versus jason we don't need to get into that or like texas chainsaw massacre where like, like they all have the basically different timelines essentially so like i see it as like all the superhero comics that have reboots and relaunches where it's like, here, like, if you just want, like, this side of this character, here, you can read this section, or you can read this miniseries, or read this run, or whatever. Whereas Scream is like Grant Morrison, where it's like, no, we're embracing everything. Yes. And yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, just everything. It, it, yes. And it does a good job of calling out a lot of things and recognizing that we are in a new era of horror, this quote-unquote elevated horror, um, which is just, like, really shitting on awards and, and Hollywood because of Hollywood. And thus, the you know general public, for the most part, doesn't consider horror to be, like, an actual elevated work of art. Uh, Wes Craven commented on this in the third one in a, in a way too of, you know, working on a horror movie so that they can get to do the movie they want to do. Um, so it's just another commentary on that. And I really appreciate that. Like, it, it doesn't shit on the horror we're, we're putting out now. It, it recognizes how good, you know, nope, us, get out um hereditary midnight summer i mean i dated one of those asshole jerk offs that you know was like hereditary is not actually a horror movie it's a trauma drama movie and i was like fuck off just fuck off <laughs> the babadook is a horror movie god damn it it's yes scary shit. yes oh the witch which i, I love... still haven't seen because this man shit on it so much um oh the witch yes it's oh unfortunate okay because everybody I tells me i would also... love it I haven't seen it yet, but I uh, but I do own it, um, and That's I fair. do love. I, I am someone who I I really love the lighthouse and the Northman. Oh my god, so, the lighthouse broke me. Dude, oh, literally saw, I, I saw it. The light, the best way. I saw it the best way. It was so I, I discovered, and they're no longer open. It really makes me sad. There was an independent theater in Fort Worth called the Grand Berry Theater. And they and the way they named themselves was there were two different theaters called the Grand and the Berry that were, uh, like, I believe the Grand was known as, like, the white movie theater and the Berry was the black movie theater. So they wanted, so, like, we're going to take the names of these two well-known indie theaters and combine them to basically have a symbol of, of uh, equality and inclusivity within the community within the movie community in this in this city and i discovered them 
and I went to a double feature of the report, the 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 Adam Driver movie about the there all about the report on uh, torture during uh, the war on terror, which was awful. Um, which is a pretty good movie. But then right after that, I watched The Lighthouse, and it, it was <laughs> yeah. me and one other person in this single screen indie theater that was just like a built that was just like this very small building on one block. <laughs> Yeah, I knew the lighthouse was coming um, because I, that my friends and I, like, I have a friend that genuinely, as an adult, we bonded over Twilight and our thoughts and feelings on YA uh, literature, and <clears throat> so we were very well aware of what Robert Pattinson's been up to. So I saw the lighthouse at the Angelica um, opening night at five p.m., like right after work, or probably like five thirty-six, um, and best way. Yes, and, like, my back was hurting so much by the end of it because I slid so far down into my chair. Because I don't like water, so I had no idea where this movie was going to be. But (laughs) the best thing, um, the best meme I've ever seen is the lighthouse is what happens if you put two guys on a remote island together. Portrait of a woman on fire is what happened if you put two women together on an island. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, everyone... Perfect double feature. Yeah, no, agreed. So, um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, yeah, that we are living in a time where these horror movies cross other genres, and you get these uh, asshole dudes that are like, "Oh, what is true horror?" and referring back to essentially the time of the seventies and you know the the slashers of the nineties as well, and things like that. Also, like, I love the fact that. After, like Scream coming out in January, and then throughout the rest of 2022, we have had banger after banger horror movie this yeah. whole year. Like we had uh, just very recently, we had Smile and Barbarian movies that like made f- huge amounts of money and are good. Yes, haven't seen and, either, like, but yes. Like I under- <laughs> and, yeah, and like I highly recommend. I understand that like it's not like like we don't we we you know like talking box office is really in regards to like a movie success is like yes i understand that people don't like it but it is important because if a movie is successful that means you get to make more of them yeah and and because like people are like studios and you realize it's like yeah you don't really need that much money to make a good horror movie yeah no so the the thing you said there about it being released in january is also super important because Prior to, um, I'd say the boy especially, but um, really get out is the turning point. You you had January is a time, January through about, I, I would say March, you know, nobody's really going to the movies after, uh, no one's really going to see things other than Oscar movies at this point. The things that yeah. they could have, they missed over the holidays. So you release the movies that you don't expect to do well. That's where a lot of the like really crappy movies for the year come out. Well, then you had the boy come out, um, which was the movie about a doll and seemed so ridiculous. And I wouldn't necessarily say it's great. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, but I remember being like, that wasn't as terrible as I expected it to be. And then Jordan Peele released get out during that time, basically solidifying that, early this winter this deep dark winter is actually a good time to release some scary movies 
So we mm-hmm. are seeing more come out during that time. And it's also, I, I believe Get Out came during during that. Let me double check. Like, I remember... It was 2017. No, no, I, but I remember it being in um, January. Yeah, January 31st. Okay. So... Yeah, I, I, I specifically remember buying my Get Out DVD yeah. in March. And, like, Get Out did so well in the Oscars. I feel like I'm regretting saying this, but it did fucking well for a movie to come out at the beginning of a year. You're not expected to remember that by the end of the year. Oh no, that's is... why all the Oscar bait movies come out exactly. like in this October, is... November, December. Yeah, this is why uh it really drives my brother and sister nuts because sitting in the theater and and this time of year I'm like, "Oh, that's Oscar bait. Oh, that's Oscar bait." And they're like, "Shut up." And I'm like, it's literally it the same five movies that get released every year in a different flavor. So And then and then Ryan Johnson's like, here, have a murder have a whodunit with Daniel yes, Craig. Yes. So it's really we are in a really cool time where the theater norms um of the, you know, early aughts and or mid aughts too, um, are really kind of wiped away and we're in yeah. a different kind of reboots. Um, we got, Mm -hmm. they've been, you know, newly coined phrases. And again, I think Scream gets incredibly fucking meta with itself, but it's still a fucking amazing movie. Yeah. It's, it's still a Scream movie. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into it. Yeah. So super big spoilers. We are talking about a movie that literally just came out this past year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I will say like I I will try my best to not spoil yeah. who the killers are until until their reveal their respective reveals. Spoil. Okay, the one spoiler. There are two killers. <laughs> yes, yes, there are two killers. We will confirm that because otherwise it's going to yeah. drive us nuts. Yes. So um, this movie opens with uh, what do you know? Well, we uh, should first start some... where our oh. our main three. It has right. been. 11 years since our main three yes uh just like came it, out just in like in yeah just like with back and four it has been 11 years since the last movie uh so there's been a lot of time going on mm-hmm. so the the things that we can reveal because what i love about this movie so much is that we spend true. like 40 minutes with the new characters this is true. They they really give us time to get to know and love the new characters. So let's, okay, let's not necessarily spoil where our main three is. Let's talk about where they were at the end of four. So uh, last time we, last time we had the four. So after Jill's reign of terror to get views, <laughs> we had uh, Sydney, uh, who has been attacked once again in the hospital. Uh, she had just released her new memoir, Out of Darkness. Uh, Gail and Dewey have been uh, were married, uh, living in Wardsboro with Dewey as the new sheriff. Gail trying to write um, a new book, uh, but having a lot of trouble doing so. We were reminded um, that they like they end four with that refreshed trauma to remind themselves that they're in love. Yeah, Sydney yeah. has no family but her dad at this point. Yeah, and I'm pretty and I'm pretty sure her dad. Uh, I- Unfortunately, I think I think with five, I think her father is, is gone by now. Yeah, either her father is has passed. I um, let's we could talk. We're gonna we should talk five. Wait, he's not brought up at five at all. So I think he's yeah, still no, alive because I think he is at risk for six. But we shall we will talk six at the end of this 
Um, Sydney, we know, is doing fine. Um, it it has it had been confirmed before the start of this movie that Mark was still in the picture. They weren't ignoring three at all. Um, so we did have confirmation that at the start of five, she is married to Mark. Um, yeah. and it has kids. Also, like like 2011. Uh, she also like, or or, or uh, Dempsey was like deep into. Grey's Anatomy, so like he had no time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only reason he never showed up in um in in four. So um let's talk about the new so we've got our this great new opening that uh again our our OG trope is that the most famous person in horror, um or the most, you know, famous person is going to be the first person to be killed. Um mm-hmm. and they in four over you know killed a, like what was it four different people before no six people um before no, starting people <laughs> the movie so like how do you go about changing that trope and who is that famous person we have well what they decided to do is they just bring us back to basics with a with someone making some food in a kitchen in a house in Woodsboro or like where what we assume to be Woodsboro and uh that person being Jenna Ortega. Yeah, who is by this who, point very well known in the horror uh industry. Yeah, she all of a sudden blew up in horror this year, which I'm so happy she did. Also, I will I be I don't think it was pers- this year. I mean, she had the babysitter in 2020, that's how I always know her. She she was wait she was the babysitter too yeah she's in the babysitter too okay I didn't see the second oh you need to see the second one it's so good no she had that and then um I mean she's she's in Insidious too as well I like vaguely remember but it's been a minute and and also she's in you I did not which is I did not know I did not know the name Jenna Ortega until I saw this movie that's fair that's fair so. By the time Actually, this no, movie... that's not true. Uh, uh, it was I saw X first uh, because I that's saw that fair. in theaters in February, so I did know her in that one first, only because I saw it first. That's fair. So by the time Scream had come out, she had been in the Babysitter Killer Queen on Netflix, um, which is I personally think a really great sequel to the Babysitter, um, and then a movie she, I really like. She also was in season two of You, which is a horror. Um, show in my opinion i mean it's it's about a stalker who essentially has murdered a lot of people at this point it's like watching a slasher movie from the slasher's point of view trying to convince himself he's a good guy so um i do want to watch this show if only so i can get to season three and watch chelsea peretti yes no it's i haven't seen season three yet but um i it's really good i actually there's a great um we're we are deep in well this comes out monday this is not me dating this then um we're deep in taylor swift midnight anti-hero um it's me hi we are (laughs) and so there was a great uh great uh tiktok with him the other day but we uh so yeah she blew up this year for sure and became maybe a more well-known name but she i would say was starting to become like the new scream queen couple of years ago okay so we have jenna ortega here as uh as tara and 
She is waiting for her friend Amber to come over. Uh, she convinces her by saying that she got the like she got the she's gonna open the unlock the liquor cabinet. Which, uh, as a teenager, yeah, that is always an incentive to to go over to your friend's house. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. I got the liquor cabinet open. Like, hey, let's party. Um, and she gets uh, just she starts getting a phone call and she doesn't answer <laughs> it uh, off the landline. Uh, and then she she gets the phone call again. And she finally answers and. She hears a voice that we, as the audience, recognizes, but she doesn't, because yes. she don't she don't like those dumb slasher movies. She likes elevated horror. Only elevated horror. Yeah. Um, Amber is played by Mikey Madison, who yes. Um, I was kind of like, why are you familiar? It's because I've seen Once Upon a Hollywood, Once Upon a Time yes. in Hollywood. Um, I I don't know how well known she was, but I didn't really know her. I think she's fucking fantastic in this and i'm excited to see what she does she is, yes uh i i do love i i really love once <laughs> i had one of the most unhinged uh double features in my life when i saw i saw once upon a time in hollywood followed by hobbs and shaw that is a that's like a palate cleanser you know what actually i totally respect that um <laughs> i was just, i need to see both of these movies and i was like i have a bunch of time let me see both of them <laughs> I did not realize that it was based on a murder because I am not a true crime buff. Um, I was actually really kind of upset when I saw the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Anyways, that's another story for another time. Yeah, we learned that um, Tara's mom is an alcoholic. Uh, She's been going to AA from the sounds of it. Like, it's not none of this is surprising to her daughter. No. Um, And yeah. It's it's not Amber. It's not Amber. It becomes <laughs> shocking. Real, real evident. Shocker. Shocker. Spoiler. It's not Amber. It's, it's totally it's not, not Amber. Amber. Uh, the killer yeah. sends a video of Amber brushing her hair, and sh- and and Tara is viciously attacked. Uh, yeah, she uh like she goes to, I believe open like open the door. Uh, like to 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 run, to run out of the house, but of course, Ghostface is there. Boom! Yes. We see Ghostface for the first time here. Uh, slashes are, or I think, slashes are across the stomach first. Yes. Um, and then and then, but Tara is able to close the door, lock it, and I. Here's the thing: when I first saw the trailer, and this was when I first saw the trailer for this movie, I had not seen the sequels yet. Um, but when I so whenever they showed. The, they were showing uh, her lock ha- using her phone to lock the uh, yes. to uh, activate the lock system in the house, and then like Ghostface un- like unlocking it, her locking it again, and then going back and forth. At first, I was like, "This is really stupid. I don't know if I like this." But then watching the sequels, I was like, "Wait, no! This actually makes a ton of sense for Ghostface. This actually <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Yes. Ghostface would totally pull this shit." Yes, yes, it's so funny in a horrific way for sure yeah exactly yes exactly and then and then uh ghostface and i i so love the line when he calls back and ghostface says a boat like bonus question uh yes do you do you think i was able to get in the house before you could lock the system again and then just pops out and then okay so i was thinking about this um oh shit oh so i was I, uh, so recently, I rewatched the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, sure. and 
I like I I am the first one to admit as much as I love those movies I get they're literally only for me and me alone and Rob Zombie Rob Zombie made them for himself and for me and that's it I get it no one else likes them because they are some fucking brutal as shit movies um and I was watching there is the the, the kill there's a kill in Halloween 2 a death that happens in Halloween 2 in which Rob Zombie like gave a lot of time for you to process that death because there's a hard death <laughs> for two different characters and he was like no we're going to sit in this and let these two characters process this because yeah. this is really traumatizing for both of them and you're going to and you're going to sit with them as they process and mourn this character and i was thinking like wow holy shit i feel like 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 that works in a post scream world because scream taught us that with Drew Barrymore in the opening of the first movie. And I would also argue Sarah Michelle Gellar in Scream 2. Like No, that's fair. That's no, fair. They like they, like Scream likes to like linger on the after effects of of a death of like no like no this is going to haunt like no this is this is fucked up. This this is sad and and and, and it shouldn't be happening. But it is because uh this there there's uh this really uh this person who thinks of thinks of himself as uh the like an arbiter of death is just killing someone and it's and it sucks and it shouldn't be happening but it is and here you go um and it's <laughs> happening here where like ghostface like breaks tara's leg just stomps on her ankle yes. and breaks her leg yes it's brutal and, and as we get confirmed stabs her seven times yes there's also a couple of things that are, get confirmed um, and are really cool about this before we um, uh, get too far into it. She IMDb's the answers and like the, you know, uh, killer isn't watching because the killer is always hiding somewhere. They're never directly watching. But yeah, she's able to answer the questions because she can Google it, um, which mm-hmm. is, you know, very, very 20. To- I mean, yeah, if someone called me now and was like, you need to know this answer, I'm fucking Googling it. Um, and I'm over here like, here's the thing. I already read everything on IMDb, so I know this. <laughs> well, like, again, like, I am IMDb. You just called IMDb, goddammit. She's not a Stab series fan. Um, but we Yep, have- she she does say that she, like, uh, her favorite movie is The Babadook. Yep. As it is a great meditation on motherhood and grief. Yep, um... But we also get confirmation that Sydney lived on Elm Street, thus combining uh, Scream and Nightmare on Elm Street, two of Wes Craven's series, in a beautiful way. Uh, sure. <laughs> it annoys you that she lives on Elm Street? No, it doesn't. I just don't, I do not at all believe that, uh, that, here's here's what I'll say. I don't think they take place in the same universe. I mean, or, that's or, like, fair. This, it's the, the same, same cursed street and two different universes. That's also here's what fair. I believe. I believe um, instead what happened. I mean, this doesn't make, make sense timeline wise because time because this doesn't make sense timeline wise. But here's what I'll say. I think events on Elm Street in Wordsboro inspired a nightmare on Elm Street. That's interesting. It makes no it makes okay. no sense timeline wise. They're literally nope. a decade apart. Yep. I don't care though. That is my headcanon. Okay. Yeah, so we get confirmation of both of those things. Mm-hmm. Um yep. And and also we get to see like all the act like remember reminders of all the actors who were who were in stab like Heather Graham and Luke Wilson and Tori Spelling, yes. which was great David to see. David Schwimmer. 
Um, David Schwimmer. <laughs> I'm really mad we never got David Schwimmer footage of Stab. Like, I we know, got Heather right? Graham and Tori Spelling, and we also got Luke Wilson and his awful uh, Skeet God. Ulrich haircut, because only Skeet Ulrich can pull off that haircut. Right. Uh, but, That's not true. Uh, also, I, Sean Hunter, I can't remember uh, who played. Uh, Ryder Strong can also pull that off. And Devin Sawa. That is the haircut of the 90s. Devin Sawa, I think, honestly, I also think current Devin Sawa could pull that off. Absolutely. Shout out to Devin Sawa, yes. who is, who's just a great guy all around. Absolutely. One of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Um, yes. So we assume that Tara is dead. Um, and Does that, yep, that happens. Um, there's also a, oh, I can't remember what the boyfriend's name is. It's Charlie. That's what it was. Because. Uh, Richie. What? No, 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 no. Boyfriend of the mom, the person calling. Oh. um, Says that they're the boyfriend of the mom. They call themselves Charlie. Shout out to Scream 4 using Charlie's name. Um, The killer. Charlie. Yep. Uh Oh, wow. I'm not kidding when I'm saying. I I literally watched it yesterday. (laughs) Oh, much. Because I watched it and went, Charlie, as in the killer in the last one. Yes. So. Um, we have the opening credits, and then we go to our new final girl, who is uh, very clearly in a rough patch, sitting outside of a kind of um, run-down bowling, bowling alley, alley at yeah. in the middle of the day. It's Melissa yes. Barrera uh, Martinez. Um, excuse me, hang on. She was also Vanessa in, in The Heights, if you're wondering why she looks familiar. I haven't seen that oh, yet. Oh, it's I so watch it. fucking good. She's I need amazing. To watch it. I'm I'm so angry I haven't seen it yet. Um, I just re- recently rewatched it. Um, that is actually a movie that Alex and I like went masked up and like went and saw in theaters and then like did our uh, isolation afterwards because like we wanted to see it so bad. But yeah, I I actually I remember um in the commentary track uh Bertinelli and uh Bertinelli Open and Gillett did mention that they had uh talked to John Chu about her in about working with her in in the heist before they cast her to like oh. because it's like well we know that she's doing this yeah so let's talk to him and ask him like hey do you think she'd be good here yeah also one step closer to scream the musical um she's clearly taking some some kind of medication um she gets this phone call about uh, her sister who is alive um her sister dun, being dun, Tara. Dun. the best way to flip it you don't actually kill someone yes <laughs> also in the scene we're introduced to her boyfriend richie played who, by jack quaid yes who i would argue is my boy is the most popular uh or well-known person of the new uh cast and crew yes espe- uh, mostly because he's in the boys i mean he's also you know Dennis Quaid's kid, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan's Wait, kid, and Meg Ryan. Yeah, we <laughs> yep. cannot forget Meg. We Ryan. We cannot forget Meg like, Ryan. Because like, like it's like, hold up, this gorgeous human being birthed this other gorgeous human being. Hell yes, <laughs> um, and they're all talented. Yes, um, it, it, she's like also some, sometimes you can sometimes the nitipism babies. They're actually <laughs> really talented. Um, she's being called by uh, Dylan Manette, who plays Wes. Um, Mm -hmm. very much like a, um, well-known, um, 
teen actor, like hearing his voice, you immediately are like, oh, I recognize that. If, especially if you've ever seen 13 Reasons Why. Um, I'm sorry if you have. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. I did not watch it. Um, so, yeah, we've got uh, Jack Quaid. Uh, I'm totally Samantha. Her name's Samantha, right? Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which Which makes it even funnier because in my head, I'm always like, every Samantha is a problem in my life. Uh, So I was immediately (laughs) already like. It's okay because she's a Sam. She's a Sam, not a Samantha. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Her last name, her and Tara's last name is also Carpenter. Shout out to John Carpenter. Yes. (laughs) Look, all all the best Samanthas are actually Sams, and that and that's why they're great. <laughs> um, also, I I love I such a great little flirty line of uh, he asks like, "Hey, uh, what what you taking there?" as a joke, and she goes, "Your boner pills." Yes, yes. <laughs> he goes, um, "You are my boner pill," and they're immediately just oh, like, "No, uh, no, that didn't work." No, but I'm over here just like, "Yes, yes, <laughs> awkward flirting. We love it. We yes, love it." Yes, yeah, Jack Quaid really leads into his like adorable awkwardness in this i think yes he does i i love it i love him so much <laughs> um he, he's such a beautiful boy he also is not aware of the stab movies really like probably is aware they existed never has seen them doesn't recognize woodsboro as like a you know the the hellmouth that it is um, which which i love i love having that character there to to like Yes. To basically point out, it's like, this is some crazy shit going yes. on here. Yeah, he becomes kind of that, and, and the voice of, like, summarizing what's kind of happened because he's also experiencing it. Um, mm-hmm. I also really like the fact, so Tara is alive. Again, turning over that. Um, mm-hmm. Watching that opening fight and struggle, like, it's brutal. Don't get me wrong. But it is very oh, yeah. clearly inexperienced. And I think it does mm-hmm. a great job for, like, leading to her being alive. Like, it's not intentional. They meant to kill Tara. So to get Sam to come back to town, like, that is entirely in- the intent. And we yeah. show up in Tara's uh, hotel, or hotel, hospital room. Hotel room! <laughs> well, wait, before, we, before, before that, we are introduced to the rest of our cast. That's what I was going to say. And the rest of the cast is there. Um, yeah, because um, like right after Wes uh, hangs up, we are then introduced to the rest of the cast. Yes, uh, out, like right outside of school. So we've got. Oh, that's Wes, right. I did forget that school happened uh, beforehand. Yeah, we're also officially introduced to Amber. We already knew about Amber. Yes. We're, we're officially introduced to her here. We also get introduced to the Meeks Martin twins. Yes, Randy, uh, uh, Mindy, and Chad. Yes, um, played, uh, by played by Mason Gooding and. Um, Jasmine Savoy Brown, uh, Mason Gooding being recently of, um, oh God, what was he in that, that is, he was in Booksmart, which is where I first Um, saw him. He's also in, what did I see him in that I, he's also in Love Victor, but I swear I've seen him in something else too that, never mind, I must be thinking someone else. I didn't watch Love Victor. I didn't want to watch that because I really Um, loved Love, Simon. Yeah, I, I I thought I had seen him, but it must have been Booksmart that I had seen him in as well. Um, again, and, and the other being Jasmine Savoy Brown, who is now also well known for Yellow Jackets, which if you haven't seen, it's fucking amazing. Um, I've only seen the pilot, but I, I I really need to get back to it. She I, I, that is I love that pilot. She is. Um, let me also double check pronouns. 
And she's also great in the pilot. Yes. Uh, she's also a musician as well. Check out her um, music. It's awesome. That's really cool. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Uh, in fact, Jack Quaid was in a music was in a music video for one of her songs. Oh, that's really. Oh, that's her right. And, that's right. Recently, I. That's right. Yeah, and and also one of her one of her Yellow Jackets co stars was in it as well. I'm yeah. Blanking on her name. Um, um. Yeah. Yeah, I am so excited to see her blow up more. She's also like it, this in this episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine that I just really love. Um, she plays like this. Uh, she plays the, the villain. It's a great moment. Anyways, I <laughs> fucking have I the, want her to play villains. I she'd, have she'd kill it. The biggest crush um, both like in a like can't wait to see what uh, they do and also like oh my god like crush how are you uh, how are you allowed to be this gorgeous crush yes on uh on jasmine's boy brown like uh, like especially with yellow jackets it's just fucking phenomenal she is so amazing and i love that these two are picked to play um randy's inheritance or like the inher- niece and nephew yeah they're they're inheriting his role yeah, of the yeah. nerd yeah, especially specifically Mindy because Chad, yes. Chad, like, and I also love his name is Chad, and he's yes, a jock. It's, yes. it's so good, and and we're also introduced to Chad's girlfriend, Liv, played by Sonia Amar, who is really fun because she is just like there. Yes, <laughs> she's kind of it's like she's she's got like the, yeah she's typical typical teenager got the colored hair and has like has the overprotective boyfriend had a summer fling with kyle gallner of all people uh, right so happy so Which, happy to see kyle gallner here what as that like, so under as a crusty douchebag yes i love him and i'm so bummed that he is like only in this for the splittest of seconds and yeah, I, I love the girlfriend's very flat. She's not flat. She's boring. She is very like, Mindy is basically like, I suspect everybody except for Liv, you, there's no way you could have done this. Yeah, she literally says you're too boring to be the killer. <laughs> yes. And also- Which I mean, which I'm sitting here like, true, she is. Yeah. Also, Chad is like the nicest guy that like, least Chad like Chad. And yeah, they're all just so wonderful. Yeah, and we also discover that Wes is the son of current sheriff Judy Hicks. Yes. Judy's back. The best, like, they give him shit. His mom is, and and like, as a daughter of a cop, Judy is 100% doing everything that my dad does. My dad um, worked on a horrific case. It's like a well-known true crime case. And the, like, my childhood was fucked up because of it because like he wouldn't let us walk too far in front of him like judy being so overly protective like they're like do you have your mace and all this other shit uh absolutely 100 percent. there's there's a there's a line later where where she asks are you being safe out there and he says literally to the point where all my friends make fun of yes and i go honestly i like i I totally and i'm like i honestly like the way judy is raising him i understand why especially after the events of yeah. four, because if we go like he, he would have been like five years old yeah. when, when yeah. four happened. So like, of course she's just like, I have to protect my baby at all costs. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, we go through this, like we get not exactly like a shot for shot of the OG scream versus this new scream, but like it's 
built in a better manner of like this is our new this this feels more like the original um teen group than four did i guess like yeah i would say like i i I love that the directors did mention that like what like one of the things they loved about doing this was that like they're like we basically get to just recreate all of our favorite things from the original (laughs) movie but do our spin on it yeah you're gonna have to probably walk me through the timeline because i apparently missed an entire scene Yeah, so we had that scene, the net is followed right up with the car ride into Woodsboro with Sam and Richie, where Richie reveals that he's never seen the stab movies, um, and basically just, like, asking, like, what are we walking, what, like, what are we getting ourselves into by going into this town? Um, which, <laughs> oh, also, Richie. love his line where he's like, like, I've never seen Gone with the Wind, but I don't consider it a major, uh, like, a major hole in my, uh, cinematic, uh, library or whatever, and I was like... Yeah exactly gone with the, like i was like yes throw shade at gone with the wind throw shade at that fucking <sighs> okay. movie yes it deserves fair. it gone with the wind it okay but it is a product of its time and i have seen gone with the wind no and, like love uh, no, the here's fucking the shit out I'm, of that movie but i am never going to tell someone that they have to see that movie see see here's the thing i'm on the on the i'm on the other end i don't like it because i just think it's a boring movie <laughs> that's totally fair i guess um it it I find it cinematically beautiful. I also am the kid I read Gone with the Wind in third grade. So, mm, um, yeah. yeah, like, like I'm, I'm over here. Like, I'd rather walk giant over Gone with the Wind. No, that's totally fair. Ar uh, accelerated readings, like, had me reading shit that was very strange for a elementary school kid. Um, so, hang on. One second. I also probably, I probably would have watched, read Gone with the Wind. We we had it in the house. I just never got around to reading it. That's totally fair. I don't actually recommend it, and that's someone who lives in Georgia. Um, that being said, I do actually love the movie. Um, yeah. So I just I love I love so much that he threw shade. Yeah. Threw no. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like the uh, uh, just commenting on like entirely the fact that nobody's gonna see like who fucking cares. Nope. Your cinematic journey is not complete without. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. But, like, also... It makes it sound like homework. Like, you've never asked your girlfriend about her hometown. Like, where are you from? Yeah, I mean, Woodsboro. like... Woodsboro. Like, you're, like you're six Why months... does that, like, ring a bell, huh? Yeah, you're six, you're six months into your relationship. Like, this should... This should have been, like, a second, third... Yeah. This should have been, like, second half of the first date questions. Yeah, like, like to be fair, I could see, you know... If I said my hometown, West Memphis, I don't know, you'd get some people who are like, oh, okay, I recognize it. Most people aren't going to recognize that. But what- See, I recognize it from Arkansas. Yeah, it's from Arkansas. Um, Wait, hold up. Wait, you're from West Memphis, Arkansas? Yeah. <gasps> oh, I know exactly what case you're talking about. That and your dad there it in. is. See? Oh, exactly. Shit. That is exactly the reaction that... Um, Wow. That okay. Sam should have had. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, God. Okay, yes. I Am I making exa- more oh, sense? Wow. Do I make more sense now? <laughs> yes. Um, oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I think this is a part why I really love these movies is because as someone who's, like, been in a town that has experienced high, um, a, a very um, shitty and scary and stressful, like, a horrific thing to happen... Um, where there are like multiple documentaries and movies yeah, and books all about that yeah. case yeah like it's oh yeah my God. yeah fun fact my dad is in those um anyway yeah so um so everyone so everyone if you don't know what i'm talking about like just just google west memphis three nope yep let's yeah so and we're gonna move past it now yep so it but it is very weird that richie doesn't like 
hadn't put together anything like that. But also, that's fine. He's kind of a douchebag 20-year-old. You know, he's whatever. They show up to the hospital room. Mm-hmm. Um, Amber very clearly doesn't like um, Sam. Sam introduces yeah. the twins and Wes as the kids she used to babysit, which um, Wes makes a comment about. He's very clearly interested in Tara. Um, I've always gotten vibes that Amber and Tara were something, but maybe or more like Amber. Amber wanted wanted something. Maybe w- wanted there to be something. Yeah, more. maybe it was more that Wes and Amber both really had feelings for. Um, Tara, I always thought that Tara and Amber, um, were a, just, it was never said, but are a couple, mostly because of how Amber is in the hospital with Tara, you know, do you have your inhaler, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, like, again, their mom's an alcoholic. Sam's been gone for a few years. It's very clear. Um, mm-hmm. Tara definitely has some abandonment issues, if not some other stuff. If she's not in therapy, she should be. Yeah. She's breaking into the liquor cabinet. I mean. I mean, yeah. Yeah. As a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, for some, for some teenagers, it's like, oh, you just want to party. And that, and you know, like, yeah, some teenagers just want to party and that's fine. Yeah. Others is like, no, you, 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 like, your parents need to be need to be paying some therapy bills right now (laughs) that night we get the murder the second murder yes so we have the bar scene where um we where we get like the where we get the rest of the friend group also because uh Liv did not join them at the hospital she said she had to take care of something which does like cast a little bit of doubt on Liv it's like okay like I think uh, I think Mindy did look at or someone looked at Liv kind of sideways. I think actually I think it was Wes. I think Wes looked at her sideways like, "What do you what, like? Why don't you go come see Tara in the hospital?" That's kind of weird. Uh, but we see Liv again now. She's back with the group, and they're all at a pool table discussing some, discussing shit about the case. Uh, everyone's kind of like lightly pointing fingers at each other. Yeah, uh, talking about why Mindy's. Anybody else? Yeah, Mindy, like, Mindy points fingers at Wes, uh, the whole, like, if I can't have her, no one can thing. Mm-hmm. And then I think I think Amber point, like, kind of points a finger at Sam, mostly just because Amber is being very protective of Tara, which, like, you know, it's, um, the Again, Amber seeing her day to day does make sense. I, I yeah. will, I will, you know, like, I can't, I can't fault that. Um, and then Vince, our boy, Kyle Garner, shows right back up. Pulls a fucking switchblade on Chad. Oh my god, yes. I, I am so bummed. There are deleted <laughs> scenes of him and Dewey, which, like, I get yeah. it. They At this point, we still haven't really seen any of the OG3 yet. So, like, I get them yeah. cutting out that. But, man, like, he is so Good underutilized scenes. in this movie. Like, if you're looking at him and being like, I don't know, is this guy like go watch Veronica Mars season two? He is also go watch Jennifer's Body. Yes, like he is also a talented. Hey, I actor. mentioned earlier this. I, I mentioned earlier, Smile. He's great. Oh, is he in, in Smile? Smile? I didn't know he he's in, in Smile. Smile. Awesome. He's so good. He's awesome. so good. Also, also uh, tying it to Scream a little bit. Sosie Bacon, who appears in the in the first couple episodes of Scream season one. So Sissy Bacon is the lead in that movie. Oh, that's awesome. And she's fucking great. She's so good. <laughs> and Cal Penn. Cal Penn's in it, too. Oh, amazing. Um, yeah. I'm telling you, smells fun. <laughs> so, yeah, he um, 
gets thrown out everybody gets thrown out of the bar and in the parking lot he is murdered by ghostface with uh red right hand by nick cave and the bad seats playing the the unofficial theme <laughs> of the, of the franchise playing out of his car which like this is a dude who would definitely listen to nick cave on the daily yes yeah, he's he's that kind of crusty dude. Like, not saying Nick Cave Nick Cave fans are all crusty, but a lot of crusty dudes are big fans of Nick Cave. <laughs> um, at the hospital, I'm saying this as a I'm saying this as a big Nick Cave fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, at the hospital, Sam's attacked. Um, yes, but very importantly, right before she gets attacked, <laughs> she has a vision of none other yes. than our boy Billy Loomis. Yes. Yes, it is really, really good to see, um, I'm fucking blanking on his name. Skeet Ulrich. Thank you, Skeet Ulrich, um, who, like, at this point is now, like, known as a Riverdale hot dad. Rightfully he's, so. Yes. He's a hot dad. Absolutely. In that, in that absolutely. Again, as someone so, who hasn't watched the show, I've seen him no, in the show. 100%. Hot dad. Yes, yes. Riverdale. Yes. Hot dads in Riverdale. Like, him and, him and Luke Perry. Yes. So rest in peace, Luke Perry. Um, <laughs> Keep your bisexual eating check, JD. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I. It's a little too clear that they're doing some CGI to make him young, but like I love. They d- this. I think they. I think they more so did makeup. I think they more Maybe so it, did makeup. It, it, it's, like like, it's like to see, a CGI off. to touch it up. Yeah. Yeah. He looks. He looks a little little cakey, which is fine. Yeah. But you know, he's supposed to be younger. He it leads to uh, Sam telling Tara about how she is the illegitimate daughter of Skeet Ulrich, um, and that when she found out and confronted her mom, that is when her um, the the guy she thought was her dad also found out she is the reason that the father left, and likely what what is what caused the mom to spiral into alcoholism. Not to say that like she is not responsible for this at all, but like no, it's just it's it's a really unfortunate chain of events, and also from that, and also because like that is a lot to throw on someone after already being viciously attacked, yes, uh, and traumatized from from the hospital, like. Tara is right, honestly, like right, and and completely in the right to just say, "Sam, get the fuck out of my room and don't yes, talk to me." Yes, because like that's a lot, and and like it's more of like a, it's not really get the fuck out. I never want to see you again. It's more like get the fuck out because I need to process this for a second. Yes, um, like you are not like like you just dropped this on me, so please leave. You're not gonna help if you stay. Yeah, like I, 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 I as an older sister who has a younger sister, and like feeling that guilt at times of like having put trauma on younger sister i get where like i i sam and tara i like related to so much um my mother's not an alcoholic but i have a fantastic mother don't get me wrong um but just like again as a kid who has experienced trauma from a distance or like has experienced a different childhood because of a very traumatic experience hitting a town uh these movies hit hard for me sometimes (laughs) um we get sam and richie finally going to visit dewey yes we get like like 40 minutes in we see dewey he is here so and like i love that i and also like 
as much as I love young Dewey, I love I love kind of I love kind of like naive Dewey. I really love crusty. I love I love crusty Dewey. I love yes. uh, here's the thing. We're learning something about me here and like I'm kind of I kind of like crusty dudes. <laughs> So you know what? Say. You know what? You're not the only one. I <laughs> <laughs> like. I'm just like crusty Kyle Gallner. Mm, yes, crusty David Arquette. Mm, yes. yes. Like uh, Dewey is. He's divorced from Gail. We learn. Um, yeah. Yet he is again. He's not sheriff, which I don't necessarily. No, I probably would have clocked. I don't know. I truly don't remember. I mean, again, we, I've seen we, this we, a dozen we, times now. Yeah, but like we also knew that also because uh, Judy and Sam have a conversation right before, like, like after right after Sam has attacked, like Judy and Sam have a private oh, yeah. conversation, and she calls her deputy deputy Hicks, and she says it's sheriff now, and you're like, oh, yes, and yes. and we I feel like really that and actually, and also way before that, I believe during the initial introduction of all of the rest of the cast, I think they do. Uh, like he does say like, hey, like your mom. No, 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 yeah. The sheriff just uh, interviewed interviewed me. So it's like it's clear. Seats for it. It is clear, but like it again. You have to if you don't just because it's clear. You also have to remember that Dewey was sheriff. Like it's it is not very hard to make the connection that something must have happened to get Dewey to not be sheriff. Um, Mm -hmm. But it really takes seeing him get up. And this kind of sad existence of making his breakfast, getting ready to go spend his morning time with Gail, who is off in New York doing essentially um, the Today Show. And yeah, and by make breakfast, I mean, like, he takes a bite of something, realizes it is not good and spits it out in the in the sink and then just drinks coffee. Yeah, we're assuming it's coffee. Um yeah. Oh, well, he does he does put a little jack in there. Yeah. He, he pours a little jack in there. Sam and Richie, he is not happy someone is interrupting his time with Gail. Like this is his he like he this is what he does. He drinks and, you know, he feels like he has failed in life and they are taking the time away from that. Um we get this wonderful moment where Dewey looks at Richie and is like how long have you known him? And we get the confirmation of six months. And he's like, yeah, I wouldn't fucking trust him. Like, yeah. Like, that's not what <laughs> he said, so but it's, you're right. The naive Dewey's gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, like, he is a, like, like I said, I'm loving Krusty Dewey because he <laughs> is just like, you either get with the program or you don't because this is your life now. It's old man Logan. That's what starts it all. That's what that. That's oh what gave yeah. You oh wait. Okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> David Arquette as Wolverine. Oh, interesting. That David, is an interesting. Especially, especially current David Arquette as Wolverine. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I love Hugh Jackman. I love the movie Logan. But but damn it. <laughs> He he calls him like an off-brand Sam Elliott or something like I. Oh yeah, because like he calls him shitty Sam. Shitty Elliot, Sam Elliott. Which, here's the thing I love so much. Like Shane Black did that a lot. He he had a whole scene of that in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang between Robert Downey Jr. and Michelle Monaghan of mm. them like calling people in the bar that they're in like this like dis- like description word celebrity. And they uh-huh. like they would they kept doing that all across the bar and it was very funny and then they did it again he did it again in the nice guys I for uh, I, I think he called him I forget 
what it was exactly. It was it was Ryan Gosling. It was like Russell Crowe commenting on a photo of himself. But I I love so much of like description celebrity like yes, yeah. name calling. It's one of my favorite things. So <laughs> it's like hearing shitty Sam Elliott. I was like, yes, yes thank you, yes. thank you. Um, These writers know me so well. <laughs> Sam asks for his help, which he declines um, because again he has done this four other times. And just wants to be in his shitty retirement. He mm-hmm. um, does, a, like, he does text Gail, um, which well, he calls well, he Sydney, calls Sydney first. first, which is, you know, again, the first time we see Nev Campbell, who has aged wonderfully. Um, Sydney's out for a jog mm. with the baby stroller. Um, she's we get the confirmation that she's that she's married to mark i love i also love her little joke of like i think i'll keep him like yes yeah that's like i it's it's honestly it's like one of my favorite stupid little mom jokes of just like i'll think i'll keep yes yes um nobody else is gonna understand her trauma like he does and, I mean, uh, look, going back to that line in Scream 3 when she asked, what, what's your favorite scary movie? He says, my life. My life. Like, yep. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, you two, you two. <laughs> you two are like, you, yeah. Yeah, uh, like, you aren't like this, you're like this. Yeah, I love that. It's it's Dewey going, um, hey, shit's going down. Someone's trying to lure you back. Don't fucking listen to it. And Sydney's basically like, yeah, don't worry. I've put this all behind me. There's literally nothing that they can do to get me to come back. Um, there's also this great moment where she says, I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I fucking have a gun. And I'm not a big yeah. gun believer, but like these movies, like guns are, are always in the final scenes. So like, of mm-hmm. course at this point, like Sydney's probably yeah, like, had like- her gun license since movie one, if not after movie two. Yeah, especially after three when she got with Mark. Oh, absolutely. That's fair. That's fair. If like by th- yeah. if she was still hesitant by three, yeah, he definitely got it to her. Honestly, um, I it wouldn't surprise me if they had a, if they had a serious conversation about bulletproof windows. For well, I was cars. gonna say, as someone like I, I, I no, again, as a daughter of a cop, um, knowing that my dad was very much like making sure that my stepmom um had gun training, uh, and my mother also has gun training like yeah no 100 percent doesn't surprise me sydney carries a fucking gun um and then yeah she's like i'm I'm from texas and that's why i have gun training yeah um yeah i'm from the south um yeah like texas and i have and i have an an ex-army stepdad oh yeah nope that's fair um it's very clear in this conversation that sydney and dewey don't talk much it's been a while since she's heard from him um, she doesn't yeah. really hear from him unless it's not like not necessarily an emergency, but like it's they're not talking on the regular. But she's also not talking to Gail. Like they they have all gone on with their lives in kind of a quote unquote healthy way, or Sydney has at least. Yeah, Sydney doesn't even know that Dewey isn't sheriff anymore. No, yeah, she has no idea how bad it's gotten. She do- is aware that they're divorced. Um, yeah, she yeah she does say that it's like she's like it's been a few years. Yes, so this is yes. it's de- it definitely seems as though that like most likely like maybe like five I, I say like I, five yeah, or I was six years say, after four. Yeah, I, they, they they, they probably like it probably deteriorated a little bit. I would agree. Um. So yeah, he texts Gail, uh, basically like a hey, 
new killer in town. Don't go home. Smiley face. Bye. Yeah, I love I love so much that he's like, hope you're doing like the, the next text is hope you're doing well. Smiley face. And he's like, I shouldn't have sent the smiley yep. face. I'm like, dude, you shouldn't have just called her. Yes. Um, and but then, and then he but then he starts to text I still love you and then he stops himself and like yes, oh yes oh I got oh. Well, we'll get to that in a minute um yeah he he is Dewey he is the big brother of the town he is now officially the dad of the town he's not going to let a fucking spree killer in he of course follows Sam and Richie to yeah he's, I'm sorry he's Chad's. not just the dad of the town he's also the daddy of the town oh god you had to do it <laughs> look you set it up you set it up you're not wrong but <laughs> you set it up um, i just dunked it okay yes sorry yes it was there um we yeah so david he, arquette please call me he he follows to mindy and chad's house we uh get uh heather uh matarazzo who is back as, she's back yes um she so is married happy. these are her babies um there was also like this wonderful shrine to randy um also totally forgot to this there is um a an urn uh at dewey's it is tatum's ashes yeah he has a little shrine to her which i which is so interesting to like actually have because like we do have like couple mentions throughout the movies like into there is like she you know Sydney refers to him as their surrogate big yes, brother. Yeah. In three, there is the there is Patrick Moore being being such a fucking prick. Yes, about uh, uh, call, uh, uh, um to to Dewey and re- and talking about his sister in a not great way regarding her death. Um, yeah, because Patrick Warburton plays an asshole, and then he deser- and then he dies, and he des- and he deserved it. Patrick Warburton, fine. Patrick Warburton's character in Screen Three deserved it. Yes, yes. But it's nice to actually have like. To, sh- to, like, have, like, a physical thing there to show that, no, Dewey's still processing all of it. Like, he's still, he's still, like, this is, this was his baby sister. He's never going to be over. He's no, this no, is no, never no, going to no. leave him. No, no, no. This has, like, fucked his him baby's... over for life. He has this hero complex um, needing to save this town. He has done it so much. He is going to, like, it is. He is, he is the, like, like, like. In, I mean, like, literally, he is the former sheriff, but he's, like, like in a Western, like, the yes. old sheriff yeah. who just can't let it go. And he's, like, I, he, so this is his, like, this is him getting on the horse, putting on, putting on the hat and, like, going out for, like, one, like, one last ride. Yeah. This is the kind of meta dumping, unloading section where we get, um, uh, Mindy, who is talking about the different... Like what essentially summarizing what horror is doing in 2020s um, Mm -hmm. and also talking about who is at risk. Um, We learn at slash also the the characters learn that um, Kyle is related to it's not Kyle. Sorry. um, Vincent. um, Kyle's character. Vince is Stu Mocker's nephew. Mm-hmm. Um, which, okay, so there's all this chatter about is Stu still alive and stuff. That would have been the moment to mention if Stu's still alive. I would- Well, hold up. Oh. They, they also, they, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna be a little conspiracy person here. And, and I will say, Dewey does refer to Stu in the present tense. Okay, when he that's refers fair. to him. That's fair. Because he does say like, he, he's like, he's, uh, like, he's 
uh, Billy's accomplice. He's a real, he's a real nutcase or whatever he says something like that. But he, yeah. he does not refer to him past tense. He refers to him present tense. Okay, that is fair. That is fair. And and, and as I have mentioned before, Matthew Lillard has set has gone on the record saying that he would be down for it. Yeah, so no, I hundred percent would like, love him to come back. But also, I'm like, oh, I feel like that's a stretch. It's going to have to be done in the best way. So yeah, that at least makes three characters confirmed, four characters for us that are confirmed to past ties, but um, definitely three. It's, it's There is a lot of talk about how you have to respect the originals. You can't just reboot something without using original characters, which again, um, Scream did in a in such a way that most other series don't where they not only had like one person come back from the original but they always had the og3 mm-hmm. um yeah and also even respecting past sequels and bringing yes. back he- like heather Matarazzo from three bringing yes. back marley shelton from four yes a hundred like yeah the, again and the two those are being the two movies that are least enjoyed or you know, get the most shit online. Um, yeah, so it's ni- it's it's really nice for for like confirmation of of them saying like, no, we respect every movie in this franchise. Yeah, like, every movie has its place here, as it and we're should. going to respect the whole and respect it as a whole. So we g- and While like we, also we get like still like giving that that trope that is um, not respecting because Wes is like, oh my god, my mother was part of these, and Mindy's like, fuck your mom, she's not gonna do it, like, she's <laughs> fine. Um, but also, yeah. like, really leaning into how Dewey looks suspicious, and does the entire group know about Sam being related to Billy, or no, at this point? Yeah, 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 she she explains it right at the top. Yeah, okay, so, she, like... Because, they, 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 I mean, they, like, they, 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 do, they do a jump, they do cut, like, to the end of the conversation, because, like, we've, right. like, we have, the audience have already heard it, so, like, they're, so, like, she does say, like, I need to tell you something, and then they cut, and they just cut to Billy on the TV screen, and Chad's saying, so you're yes, the daughter yes, of Billy Yes, that's Lewis. right, that's right. So, that's yeah, right. Just like, so yeah, really... basically just like confirming, like okay, they had the conversation there, and yeah. they and then they can move on, right? And everybody Which, agrees. Smart, smart editing, smart yeah. editing, right there. Yeah. Everybody agrees that the most suspicious person is Sam, as the daughter of the OG killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, literally, she literally says, "Fuck this," and yes. walks out. Yes, it's wonderful. It's exactly how someone re- would react. Yeah, because um, she's like, "The fuck, like." Fuck you. I brought this all together. I'm trying to help my sister. Fuck you. <laughs> we then follow Wes home. We get this wonderful Judy Hicks's ordering sushi. Um, we get... Which I I have to pause here and just say this look from Marley Shelton with the yoga pants and the hoodie yes. and everything. I gotta say, I've never been more attracted to someone in my life before. <laughs> I've, I've never been attract- more attracted to someone because holy shit, Marley Shelton... Hmm. And actually, like, I think I, if I remember correctly, uh, the the directors in the commentary and it's been a while since I listened to the commentary track. But I, if I remember correctly, they did mention that, like, they they were like, we were like, we, we didn't really want to lead too much into, like, MILF territory, but Marley wanted to go there. That's fair. So, like, this was her. Yeah. So, like, her, like, Judy really deserves, leading her. Deserves yes. MILF. 
status. Yes, like she is. I I was literally shouting at my TV. Just I was John Cho in American Pie watching <laughs> Scream Five yesterday. Just Mel, no, Mel. like it's her character in Scream Four is wonderful but also like kind of jarring and like to be like no we love judy we stand judy in this house Um, absolutely there's also like this is where it like i again i've seen this so many times but there is no picture of a man in this house it is her and this kid she don't need no man no she does not she is her own she completes herself she's got her her kid she doesn't need anything else and we get this throwback to to four with her lemon squares for west in the fridge um love it and still making them after all these years yes and but she's perf- I bet she's perfected that recipe oh, real real well. Absolutely. She and, can make them in her sleep now. And watching this entire like the the Hicks house scene in the first time, there I I wish I had counted how many jump scenes there are in this. It is insane how many like every time someone goes to like do something they close in the music swells and nothing so there. i i do want to i do want to dive into my thoughts on 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 this stretch uh but yeah. before we do i want to let's cut back a little bit because uh we do get judy in her car beforehand and she gets the call from the killer yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah this is so, like it starts with judy because um wes comes home um i'm so sorry that's my okay child is yelling no. right now everyone no no, no. uh has thoughts and opinions uh, no, it starts with Judy because Wes comes home wearing headphones, doesn't hear Judy calling for him. So, yeah, we get that jump scare of, you know, that. That's when we get the confirmation that um, he is carrying his taser. His friends make fun of him. Judy is the best mom we stand. Judy, despite yes. all cops being bastards. Um Mostly, we just stand a good mom. That's what's going on here. Yeah, that's really what it is. She's just a great mom. So she does. Uh, she she heads out to go get pick up sushi because she knows that Wes doesn't like it getting soggy on the way. Uh, soggies because it takes too long. So she goes to pick up herself because she's cool like that. I'm a cool mom. Yes. She's a cool. She's not. She, yeah. She's a cool mom. <laughs> cool mom. And Who yeah. wears yoga pants and uh, and look and, and look. Now, the Jenny killer. Out of the gutter. Anyway. Uh, yeah. The she killer. Has a girl from the gutter. Killer. And, yeah, she turns around, goes home, immediately turns on the thing, tries to call Wes. Wes is unfortunately in the shower, misses these calls. Yep, he is Janet Lee. We even we get that line like ever seen the movie Psycho, <laughs> which also so great good. callback to yes. to Billy saying we all go go a little mad sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, back in the first movie, absolutely. So, uh, and then when I was dreading this whole movie. Uh, she runs to the house, and she is killed. And in like, broad daylight, and which broad this daylight is, outside, like yeah, like this is so. This isn't the first time we've had kills during the day, but this, I believe, is the first time we've had a kill during the day outside. Yeah, like it's roughly gotta be five, six p.m. We're not talking um middle of the day when nobody's home. We're talking like people are home and also Wes is home and this is literally at the front door so we go into the scene where Wes 
is walking around the house, getting ready, getting the soy sauce out, chopsticks and everything. And literally it is half a dozen, if not more jump scares. Um, yes. So I wanted to talk about the scene okay. real quick. Uh, so I, I have, I have a thought about this. So I was recently, as I, as I do usually, I was listening to the King cast and they recently had uh, Brian Fuller on to discuss. Um, he has, he's a, a producer on the new shutter series, queer for fear. And he went on to basically discuss uh, queer. The episode is called Queer for King, and it's all about um, his queer readings of Stephen King, which uh, if you haven't checked that out, it's very interesting. Like he has a whole queer reading of Mark Petrie from St. Louis Lot. Has, he has a reading of as Christine as a trans allegory. Um, it's really, yeah, he's interesting. His readings of King are very, are very fascinating, but he did something he said, because they actually spend like the first 40 minutes of the episode just discussing the state of horror currently and talking about new horror movies. And he did mention that w- one of the things he didn't like about the new, uh, about the, the new screen movie is that uh, like, like every, like one of the big best things about the, the, all the screams is that there's a great chase scene. And in this one, there are no chase scenes. Like no one really gets chased that much. And I was, and, and I was thinking, I was like, he's right about that. But I feel like, like we're in, like, this is like a new stage in the franchise, this is not Wes Craven anymore doing that, and Wes Craven loved doing that. Like, that's not what they're doing. Also, there are chase scenes here, but they're very slow. And I would say this is one of two of them for me. This, like, this one, because this is more more influenced by Brian De- This is a thing Brian De Palma would like to do, whereas he liked to ramp up the tension and ramp it up and ramp it up and ramp it up and just keep going past the point of comfortability and make you extremely uncomfortable watching a scene because you're like, okay, the pin is about to fucking drop somewhere and I don't know when, and that makes yeah. me really uncomfortable here. Like, Ryan Johnson did it did it himself with the opening uh, in the opening of Star Wars The Last Jedi, where... Uh, it was during, uh, uh, oh, good Lord. I can't remember. Uh, not Rose, Rose's sister. What is her name? Rose's sister who, who, who dies at the beginning of the last Jedi, like her, like her, like final stand of dropping the bombs. Like he all of a sudden does slow motion and he goes in on like multiple different characters and just keeps it going and going and going. And that's and like that's something I love about like if you go back and watch like Blowout or Carrie or The Untouchables, Brian De Palma would always just ramp up the tension to the point where you're just like, I need like my skin, my skin, my bones are trying to crawl out of my skin. This is so uncomfortable. And I love that they they repurpose it here as like the like the chase like the chase scenes. In, yeah. in like past screen movies but this time it's like no we're just gonna ramp up the tension so fucking much that you're gonna be uncomfortable and then when it finally happens you're not gonna have a release because a character that you like is a, is gonna die <laughs> no yeah no that's a that's a good point i i would also point out that um a lot of elevated horror so like i know that hereditary midsummer and um suspiria all off the top of my head have I saw all three of those in theaters and was like pushing so hard against the back of my chair trying to like escape the tension that like I think it is very much present in quote unquote elevated horror these days um get out did it as well with like a well nope wasn't out by this point that's why um and also don't want to spoil nope 
being a 2022 yeah. film. Yeah. No, um, no, nope had one scene in particular that I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Get Out also had it, too. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, especially Suspiria, like, being, like, I remember in that theater being like, I'm going to break this chair. I am pushing back on it. That so entire movie is just absolute anxiety. Yes. Yeah. I actually just rewatched it recently and, like, knowing what's going to happen, it's actually. I was actually really able to enjoy it and, like, finally be like, yeah, I really fucking love this movie because, like, all I remembered is, was a tense session. Um, yeah, or, like, with Get Out, I actually found Get Out scarier the second time knowing what's going to happen. No, that's totally fair. Wes does get killed. He opens that front door. Uh, the look of shock is real. It was, uh, he didn't, Dylan, um, Manette didn't know he was about to, you know, like, that was a jump scare that legitimately got him um yeah and he also doesn't know that his mom died no yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm really glad he didn't see his awful. mom dead i'm same, really glad same like where did this body get moved to like i'm so curious um well no he doesn't he doesn't see like he doesn't see because he doesn't open the door the door is like cracked open oh that's right he, doesn't he goes look to outside. Close he just, it. yeah he just closes it turns around and boom goes faces yeah. there um, so he doesn't. So he doesn't get a chance to see. Yes, thankfully. Yes. Uh, and then he just gets stabbed through the neck. Which that prosthetic, <sighs> fantastic. Just oof. Yes. It it is a Did hard it... a death. Most of these deaths are hard to watch in this movie. Like it is a violent yeah. movie. Um, yeah, that's what that's what I love so much. Is like this movie like is more somber than the other films, and I think that also is just like having like the the loss of what like the the absence of Wes Craven kind of looming over it. Yeah. Um. But also, I do love that like they make sure that every death has weight here. Yes. Yeah. Nothing is is done. Things like all the deaths are not fun. They're they're actually <laughs> like oh this is yeah. this is hard. Yeah. Um. The the crowd outside of the Hicks house includes um, one Gail Weathers returning. Yeah. Oh, and then Sam, like Sam, showing up trying yep. to get past the, well, the, the the one cop, and like she's trying, she's like, but my friend is there, and he just looks and he's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. And like I, I I honestly I'm like I kind of like I I I simp I empathize with the cop right there. He's like I have no words, and he's just repeating I'm sorry over and over again. He's yeah. like I have no words to say to yeah, you. Yeah. No. Like, there's nothing I can do to comfort you. And he's like I have to like. I had to work this crime scene and also like yeah. I I don't know how to comfort you. I can't comfort you here so just sorry. I am going to say that I hate the scene between Gail and Dewey. I have accepted it a little bit more, but it is in my opinion overly dramatic and um a a little too takes me out and is like, "Oh yeah, you're definitely in a movie." It's this like dramatic gale and dewey of like you texted me and it's like you went to new york and i couldn't cut it no i never thought you were like not the man you are and it's it's this very dramatic like them having this and like i get it it's a fucking movie and like it's for us to get the summary of what happened between them and the fact that they're still in love and like um they they're this perfect example of people that love each other that are just never gonna work out like that shit just happens i hate it because i just don't think it's done well i can i i can see that i personally love it i love the fact that i love the fact that i mean it it, 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 it sucks because everyone was crying but like i do love the fact that everyone that like when they were shooting that scene everyone was crying on set because 
like because also this was not just Dewey and Gale having it out. This was David Arquette and Courtney Cox having it out. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Like it's like because like if you if you like look at every line they're saying, it's like no, this is this also lines up pretty well with their their relationship because they they're they had separated by the time Scream Four had come out mm-hmm. uh, in real life, and this so this was the two of them. Like of course, both of them have quote-unquote moved on and like you know when you when like when you're with someone that long and 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 you have that deep of a love for each other it's like that doesn't just go away like the, of course of course i'm i'm fairly certain david arquette and corny cucks still love each other but it is a love that they just re- realizes like it's not going to work between us and we just have to yeah move on with our lives and this is very much a i i see this as like do we and gail having it out here this is like David Arquette and Courtney Cox from the beat from when they first when when they sep- when they like initially separated at the beginning is like these are two people who like they just haven't communicated well and it's now just blowing up because they have there's so much going on around them like Gail like Gail has realized that you know the killer is back Dewey having already processed that is now dealing with the fact that a very good friend of his has just been murdered and the two. So there's a lot of emotions, raw emotion, just running rampant between the two of them. So they just have it out right then and there. They're like, we like, there's no point in finding a, a private space for the two of them. It's like, no, we are having it out right now. And, and that, and that's how it's going to go. I get it. And that's kind of why, that's why, that's why I like the scene. I get it. I do. I truly do. And like, I, think it was cathartic for everybody on set i just it it's feels too stagey for you so stage yeah it's 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 too dramatic for a, a, again as someone who has parents who separated like my, my mom and stepdad separated um i think uh, we're i don't know we're going on a while now but are still co-parenting and like actually friends and like have an amicable divorce and also to have parents that like have had a shitty divorce my mom and dad's i don't see this 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 doesn't this isn't what happens like gail and dewey don't do this in public they have very clearly always come off to the side but also it just it's a conversation that would have happened years ago if it was going to happen. It feels too raw and emotional for like it, the amount of time it feels like it's been since their divorce based on everything that they say happens and like whatever, you know, he came back to be a sheriff and was clearly for a while before he lost that position. It, it feels like, a, like what you're saying, it's too raw of a conversation for the time it's been for me but again like it's it's not something that stops me from watching it it's just like in a movie that i truly think is wonderful um that i give a solid like 9.5 out of 10 this is where that 0.5 comes out for me it's just like this one scene i'm like eh, it feels too shoehorned i gotcha yeah i get it so yeah so from there we then uh sam realizes that uh the cop who was at the hospital watching her sister is there so she's like oh yeah, well she, get, she gets a phone call from oh yeah she calls richie first i'm sorry she calls richie telling him like hey wes and wes and the sheriff are dead and richie like because he's still like 
kind of processing everything. And he's like, wait, hold on a second. Like, they're allowed, like, they're allowed to die? Oh, wait, hold on a second. Like, <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. Because he's, like, he's been, like, as we see, like, he's been, like, deep diving the Stab franchise. Basically just, like... Yes. Uh, like... As he puts it, pre- like preparing for what needs to- for what may come, <laughs> which yeah. like honestly, I I get it. We we missed I a get it. we missed a scene between the two of them after Sam was attacked and after he uh, she told Tara what happened uh, like her about who her dad. Oh is. yeah, he over yeah he overhears and he's yeah. like and she's like yeah like like you know the point in horror movies where they tell where you tell the characters to fucking run. This is that moment, Richie. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want to leave you. I love you. Oh, I love you. Mm. He yeah he has his very second really awful cliche moment. Um, so. It, it makes sense that he's doing this deep dive into the stab lore. Uh, this is, I believe, when we get the, like, uh, Easter egg uh, confirming that Hayden Pentier's character um, has yes. lived. Yeah, he, he watches. So there, there's actually, this is a real YouTube channel. I believe it's the YouTube channel Dead Meat. Uh-huh. Um, they, like, so they, like, they created, like, a fictional version of that podcast slash YouTube channel for the movie. And in the recommended section on the laptop on YouTube, you can clearly there. You have to zoom in, but you can see that like there, like Hayden Panettiere. I think she she did an interview. I don't know if it was just like a regular interview or if it was for a book she wrote or whatever. But she, but okay. it's confirmed. Yeah, Kirby is alive, and also we now definitely have confirmed she's back for Scream Six. Kirby Hive were alive. Yeah, I, if I remember correctly, um, it. I feel like the videos kind of imply she's she's not like she's not necessarily missing, but like uh, you're not going to find her. Similar to what Sydney did and like gone into hiding. Yeah, I think it was like a I think it was like um, a Kirk, like Kirk, like Kirby speaks up. Yeah, like basically like and that then, kind of thing um, is like her first interview in years or whatever. There is also a video I can't remember if it was here or if it's when um, they're at the Meeks house, but anyways, um, where someone has like put together a video of like why Stu could still be alive. So like there are these little Easter eggs in the background setting up these, mm-hmm. these people who uh, again, over the 25 years we've been like, how are they still alive? Blah, blah, blah. Like really just yeah. uh, scream loves its fans and also um, does stick a big middle finger up to them in a lot of ways, but we'll get to that in a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Sam and Dewey are on their way to the hospital um, yeah, she's like, how the f- like, why the fuck would you leave? Why would you leave my sister alone? You fucking moron. Yes. <laughs> and um, books it. The, um, Tara and Richie are both attacked. Um, we yes. get well, confirmed uh, yeah, well, we get, I, I, I gotta say, I love so much that Tara's watching Dawson's Creek. Yes. Shout out to Kevin Williamson yes. there. Um, she's spe- specifically watching the episode, The Scare, which is like their version of doing a slasher and importantly has Scott Foley in that episode, AKA Roman Bridger from scream (laughs) three. Yes. Yes. Which I, I would like to say, like, I know people were just like, how does that work? And and like their directors were just like, ah, whatever. We just wanted to have it in there. I say that is actually Roman Bridger in this universe. Scott Foley doesn't exist. It's Roman Bridger. And he was a teen actor before he became a director. No, that's a hundred percent a good call. So, um, boom. I think timeline-wise, it works. Yes. Um, Tara hits Richie with the phone. Um, yes, and we get the, we get the line. Did you hit me with the? Did you just hit me with the phone? Yes, yes. Richie is just wonderful. Um, they, 
the killer is attacking Tara while also talking to Sam and basically telling Sam uh, that she has to choose between Tara and Richie. One of them must die. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually Sam stalling while she and Dewey get up the uh, elevator to save Richie and Tara. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, fully believe that the, the killer was trying to get rid of Tara to, like, cover up this mistake that they fucked up. Um, mm-hmm. And also, you know, yeah. if they could also take out Richie at the same time, great. But I, I did not expect Tara to make it out of this. Um, and we have hit the emotional part of this movie that um, I find funny because I still feel like people are like, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Maybe it didn't actually happen. No, it happened. <laughs> it happened, guys. Um, it happened. Dewey died, y'all. Yes, after five movies. Our sweet, our sweet, crusty Dewey is dead. Yeah, the the guy who, again, twice they, they trick you into thinking is dead before he pops back up. He is dead. It is a brutal death. You know it is He coming. comes out in a body bag dead. Yeah, like, I, I went into this scene um they get to the elevator and you know there's always a second scare and he shuts that door he does the cowboy thing of like i got he's like i gotta do it i gotta go back and i'm just like no no and i'm like i would say i'm sure you're doing the same thing sitting at home watching this you're like watching this for the first time you're like oh no no they can't do it no 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 they can't do it I f- knew no. it was coming. Like Dewey has used up all of his luck points. I I was not happy. Like I no no. Let me rephrase. I I am. I think this is a very like Dewey goes out exactly as Dewey should. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I was not prepared for as much as I was going to cry, but it became very oh, yeah. clear it was going to happen, and I went all right. I'm here for the ride. And then you're just like, you're like, I can handle it. I can handle it. Ugh. I can handle it. As tears are just streaming down your yep. face. I can handle yep. it. Yep. It is. Uh, I also do honor. love that the directors. Yeah. Oh, God. I fucking like, I love and hate that line. Like, I love uh, it's a great line for the moment. But I'm also like, I want you to die right yes. now. Yes. I want you to die so hard. <laughs> and like, I also love so much that the directors were, were said, we are not going to ask david arquette to be in this movie unless he knows that he is going to die yeah no they made it very clear up front to him they like a hundred again these are guys who credit scream is like their inspiration as directors like these are guys that genuinely love the original movies and um essentially are making an amazing fan fiction to it but also you got yeah, kevin williams was say, it was so like, like it's like this is the this is one of the best <laughs> possibilities of fan fiction yeah so like it, it it they truly are respecting both the fans and the cast and crew of like um giving dewey tr- like i'm sorry but dewey was never gonna die any other way like yeah like there's only so many of these movies he can survive like he his limp and they comes pointed, back and they also pointed out multiple times throughout this too yeah like he's he's not do like the moment that i saw that dewey wasn't doing okay i was like no this man his entire arc is that he has fallen from grace and like the only way he's ever going to feel that he's done something with his life is to die for this fucking town and it's so 
ah, Dewey, you could have, but also like, yeah, that's you, you have to start passing along the torch and this is how you do it. Yeah. Also two things I love about the scene as well. One Ghostface with two knives. Kind of. Yeah. Cool. Uh, also we get an actual voice changer in the mask. Finally. Yes. Yes. You get to, which see. I, which they, which I, uh, the directors did say they had a lot of back and forth of whether or not they were going to do it. And they eventually were just like, there's no other way we can do the scene without having the voice changer there. And they were really worried about it not going over well with fans. I got to say, I think I honestly should have done it sooner. Yeah. Again, I'm surprised it took this long. Again, this movie more than any of the other four, I think really focuses in on like, Killing people is not an easy thing. Like, Michael Myers and no. all these slasher movies always make it seem so, like, uh, like going to kill someone. It's not. Like, you know, they're not going to just sit still for you and die. And, like, um, this movie, more than anything, is so great at showing that. Yeah, like, the fact that they've tried multiple times to kill Tara and it just and she just will yes. not die. Tara is so, like, brutally, like, Tara's gonna be the uh, the new limp after this. Like, Dewey's limp comes back in this uh, movie. Yeah, because he was gone in four. Yeah, which is either just a sign of, you know, he's getting up there, he probably hasn't done exercise in a while, probably hasn't done any physical therapy. Um, probably, yeah. But yeah, so, essentially, Sydney said, there's nothing that a killer can do to get me to come back. And the killer said, okay, but... And yeah, it was like, hold my beer. Yeah, and so Dewey is taken out in a body bag and Sydney arrives. Yeah, and, and we also get Gail just absolutely fucking wrecked. Oh god, yeah, yeah. She is, she is a mess, and rightfully so, because it's like, as she later points out, Dewey was her best friend. Yeah, I mean, Dewey's probably the only person who truly understands gail as gail and that that is a deep loss that to experience um Mm -hmm. and 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 i i really love the moment between her and sam where uh where she's where uh gail says like he should he he shouldn't have gone and shouldn't have done this like he shouldn't have gone after him and then sam says if he didn't my sister would uh uh wouldn't be alive and i'm like (laughs) Sam, I get what you're going for here. Not the time. No, but also, it. I think it works because, like, Dewey didn't die yeah. for anything. Like, for nothing. He died as yeah, someone. Exactly. Like, his his sacrifice saved someone. And I think Gail needs to hear that, too. Um, yeah. I love Gail and Sydney in this movie. This is, um, I think, the, like, definition of Gail and Sydney where, like, these women are not friends. But they have the absolute most respect for someone and they fucking trust each other more than anything. And like, again, I don't, the odds that they've talked in the past 11 years outside of like. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. But like, Sydney shows up, Gail's like, fuck, you shouldn't be here. But Sydney's like, of course I'm here. Like, I'm not going to sit from the sidelines. And Sydney you know, asks Sam and Tara and Richie for help. And Sam's like, no. And Gail's response to that is like, don't fuck with the original. Like, you know, basically sit down and show respect. Like the shit. Yeah. It's like, show some fucking respect. Yeah. I also love, I, I love that. Like Sam straight up just has, like has that line of like, we're going to do what no one does in these situations. We're getting the fuck out of this town. 
Yes, absolutely. Like, and they try. Yeah, they really try. They do. <laughs> They're on their way out. Um, which it, so we get Richie who like has this moment where he's like, "Nice to meet." You know what? Get Sam, get the fuck in the car, so I never have to speak to these people again. He's like, "Hi, you you met me?" You, you, yeah, yep. he's literally like, "Sam, please get in the car, so we never have to see these people yep. again." Yep, it's the best line of any of the movies, and then we get. Sydney saying how she put a tracker on Sam and Gail being impressed and Sydney essentially being like, it's a Gail Weathers move. It's what Gail Weathers would do. It's again. And Gail's like, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, these women who have the utmost yeah. respect for each other. They know as much as- who's going to survive. Yeah, like, as much as I want them to be friends, and but, like, re-watching these movies through your eyes, realizing that they're really not friends, but they just have this deep respect for each other, like, I feel like even after this movie, they're still not, like, best friends, no, but, like, no, no, no. but still have that deep respect, no. but they have, I feel like they still have, <clears throat> excuse me, they have, like, a, a stronger bond because of Dewey's loss. Absolutely. Like, or the loss of Dewey. Gail waking up in the middle of the night having nightmares about Dewey's loss. The person she's going to call is Sydney. Sydney's never going to make yeah. her feel bad about that. Sydney's going to answer the phone every time Gail calls. She's going to listen. They're never going to be friends. They are trauma partners, though. Like, I, it's, I don't know. I, I guess as, like, having had people in my life that you're like, I don't like you. I truly don't, but I respect the absolute hell out of you. It's a very adult thing. Like, eventually, like, you learn to bury that, like, petty wanting to be mean to this person you don't like and just being like, all right, like, I understand your importance in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, it, and I, I just, I love the, their relationship in this movie. I think it does really well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think it's a uh, again, we talked about the the fact that the that the people making this movie, they have a deep respect for this franchise and these characters and it's a wonderful continuation of the relationship that they have. Yes. Um and now we have Richie and Tara and Sam and they're like we're getting the fuck out of this town except Tara's Tara got can't asthma. find her inhaler. Yes. Yes, and I love like they set it up right there. They set it up. Uh, also, setup reminder payoff. Like having the setup there in the opening, like her uh, taking the hit on her inhaler, like mm-hmm. and having her inhaler there. Then the uh, reminder later of Amber asking her if she had the extra inhaler, and then payoff mm-hmm. brought it back, and it gets us into a house, which Check I did off. not realize on the first go around whose house this was. Okay, that's fair. Again, until the reveal. As until the reveal. someone who has watched this so many times, the moment that Amber comes down that staircase, it was like that is Stumacher's house. They did a great job of remaking this house. But again, Red, who has only watched these once or twice um, in the past year, didn't recognize it until that that moment when it's revealed that it is Stumacher's house it's this big party that i think um i i my guess is this was kevin's idea but more than anything this is the moment that is absolutely dedicated to wes craven um they are celebrating Mm -hmm. wes or you know basically um 
honoring the character West. The character yeah, West's the, the, death. As Amber points out, it's a memorial. It is a memorial. But it also, if you listen into the background, you will hear Matthew Lillard, Drew Barrymore's there, Jamie Kennedy, Hayden Panettiere, Henry Wrinkler, Adam Brody. Like, all of these people came in and provided... Uh, voiceovers and just background voices yeah. and like a you know celebrating Wes. Yeah. Also, uh, Sophia Tacall is the, is in there as well as well as Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Our boy. Yeah. I also forgot that Lillard is the voice of Ghostface and Stab Eight, and Drew Barrymore is the the school principal. Yeah, um, she is the school. Yeah, she does the the the, the announcements at the school. I yes, always forget that yes. for some reason. Um, I I do too, but it's such a great. Yeah, I love how much. They just, they always bring back those little bitty things. Anyways, I, Matthew Lillard is also just, we can always bring him back. So, yeah, we get this party. And the first thing's Chad, who is making out with Liv, who's like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go have sex. A callback to movie one where Sydney and um, Billy had sex for the first time at this party. And Chad... Our baby Chad, who I adore so much, is like, you know what? You know what? As much as I want to do this, as much as I want to think with my penis, I know who my my uncle was. I know who my sister is. And I can't 100% say that you are not the killer. I love that. And he's like, I'm, he's like, I, he's like, although I'm, I'm like really really certain that you're not i can't be and then she's just like fuck you and he's like that's a valid response i love how much he's just like trying to he's telling people it's like you're valid yes like he's like you know what i that that i should have seen that coming like like nope that makes sense um we get the uh amber goes downstairs to the basement we finally get to see the basement of this house um and mindy follows it having this like very uh you should one you should never go off alone being randy basically just like yeah you know but being like the real but also being the randy that i wish randy was yes but also like aggressively flirty and i feel like mindy flirts with everyone and yes mindy oh yes it's okay yeah please mindy Um, yeah, Mindy, Mindy, be 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 a little bit older and please flirt with me. Um. Well, I, okay. To be fair, Jasmine. Ja- Jasmine okay, just Brown Jasmine Savoy Brown, so please flirt with yes, me. Yes, yes, yes. Jasmine Savoy Pl- Brown, please yes. flirt with me. Um. So anytime you're comfortable, I'm good. Yeah, we get so yeah, Mindy and Amber. I could be the killer, and like, oh, you're learning, blah blah blah. I'm trying to think who we go to after that. So much happens in um, this house. Well, then we have uh, the so I believe uh, Mindy, Chad, and Mindy and Chad are are watching Stab upstairs, and Chad's like, "Okay, that's it. I had to go find Liv. I'm worried about her." So he so and Mindy Mindy's like, "At least take a fucking weapon," and like he grabs like this big candlestick uh, or a candle holder, which I love. Uh, and then and she's like, I'm going to sit here, eat chips, and then hook up with Francis over there. Yes. yes. Confirming that uh, what we all thought, Mindy is queer. Yes. I, because, I feel like course- Jasmine Savoy Brown does not play straight characters. Like, No. I think actively not. chooses not to play straight characters, which is awesome. Um, again, yeah, her character in Yellowstone, queer as hell. Fucking love it. Um, yeah, it's it's the best reverse of Randy, but also just like... I don't know. I know I have met Mindy's in this world, people who can, you know, trivia my ass on horror movies under the table and 
will hook up with whoever they want in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're the bar owner. Um, yep. Uh, and, and they're they're definitely not called JD. Because um. <laughs> JD stays home like a good little like a, like a l- good little MB. <laughs> That's totally fair. Um, we get and Chad then... going outside, and they yeah. um, his girlfriend Liv has finally agreed to share uh, her location, do like one of those find my friend apps that they're arguing about at the beginning of the movie. Why he doesn't find that suspicious? That's fine, but he at least finds it suspicious when she's perhaps standing in the dark, dark area in front of the house, and he's like, "You know what? I love you. I ain't stupid." Like, yeah, he literally says, nah, nah, fuck this. And yep. he starts to turn around. And then Ghostface pops out and stabs him. Yep, yep. Quite so brutally. then we actually get like a, we get a mini chase scene. Yes. A mini chase scene here. And, uh, oh, actually, okay, I forgot. Uh, so yeah, so we do get this, uh, like, he gets stabbed in the leg, then he gets stabbed a, a couple more times. And then that's when we cut to uh, yeah. seeing. I thought um, he died. Tara Sam. Here. T- or, yeah, Tara Sam. And, yeah, oh yeah, I totally thought he was going to die too. Yeah, I was but like it, really but, bummed to lose Chad at this point. I was like, man, this really, really sucks. But yeah, this yeah. is when, but, um, yeah, we get the, oh, I have to go get an inhaler. It's at Amber's house. Yeah. And Which um, I do want to, I do want to break here for a second. And I forgot I mentioned there were two, cha- like two slow chase scenes. The other slow chase scene was the one back in the hospital with Tara and Ghostface. Yes. Yes. That was the other one I was thinking of. It was like, again, we do have chase scenes in this movie, Brian Fuller. They're just very, very, very slow. <laughs> um. I love Richie's response, which is like, no, we're not fucking going to this house. One, two, three, four, no fucking way late. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> Richie is, like, trying to get them the hell out. Um, but Jack Tara- Quaid eating the scenery in this movie. Oh my god, yes. Uh, but Tara needs it to survive. Uh, so they go to this house. Uh, they <laughs> The comments made, um, I love Jack Quaid, but Jack Quaid does look older than he actually is. Um, he he's like as someone who also looks older someone than they calls are. Him someone's dad, yes. someone's lame dad, is making us leave. Yes, and I'm like Jack Quaid is like thirty. Yes, he's literally he's like only like just over a decade older than you. What are you talking about? Exactly. Yes, but he does look older than that. Like he, the beard look, does a lot for him. Um, because like if you look at if like if you see him in the boy in the boys, like he looks. He very much looks his age. He's he looks like a very sweet young looking bo- young boy. Here with with the beard though, daddy. Sorry. No. Um, no. Stop. <laughs> Stop thirsty. Let's get through this movie. I'm sorry that I thirst <laughs> over everyone in these movies. I'm sorry that I find everyone hot, Meg. <laughs> it's not my fault that everyone is hot. So they show up. Richie finally does the first, like, really sus thing, which is go into the fucking basement to get... Well, he and Mindy have this moment where he's like, where can I get a beer? And, like, I get it. It's been a fucking few days. He needs a minute. He just wants to, like, get a, like, kind of calm down. Mindy's like... And he's, like, opening the door and he's like, will you come with me? And she's like, no, but you're smart. Yeah, like, good for asking. He's like, all right, I'll be back. Ah, ha, ha. And they had that little moment of like, ah, I said the thing. And I love her like, yeah, he's going to die. Absolutely. Which that cuts right, which then uh, all of a sudden Liv shows up. Yes. And then Mindy's like, wait, what the fuck? 
and she's like, "Where's my brother?" Yeah. And and I love how open Mindy is because it's it's either just a Gen Z thing, which I say that just because Love is Blind, they all seem to have this like weird bluntness that um, tact is a fucking thing, guys. But she's just like, I'm revising my suspect list, and Liv is like, "Oh, do you finally think that I could be crazy enough to actually do this?" Um, and she's like, yeah, actually, I do. Yeah. Now that, now, like, now I do. <laughs> um, we cut back to uh, to Sydney and Gail, who are, again, following this tracker. And this is the, they call Sam to be like, you are in Stu Mocker's house. And it's this beautiful shot showing the house. And, like, they, again, they do a fucking great job. This is Stu's house through and through. And the mu- and then, like, the music cutting it. Also, we haven't talked about the music that, like, this is also the first movie that Marco Baltrami is not scoring. This one's scored by Brian Tyler, who has worked with the Radio Science guys before. He did, also did uh, Ready or Not. Also d- did a lot of the Fast and Furious movies and has done just done a ton of shit over the years. Um, score very good in this movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, really no, the music is really, really good in this. So this is where things kind of shift and change. Mm-hmm. I am trying to remember where it even goes next. Uh, so next, uh, Mindy is watch is still watching Stab. Oh yes, we get the classic Mindy, Ricky, Randy. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah like the like she's like, no, Randy, you turn around, you turn around, and then she's like, look behind cuts herself off she's like oh sh-. and then she like the realization like, no there's no absolute her, way turns around ghost faces there obviously and she's like oh shit and then sam <laughs> hears her scream runs after runs in sees ghost face grabs a lamp busts the lamp over ghost face head ghost face like the fuck and runs out uh and so sam of course is caught in an awkward situation of just like being right there where a bloody where, where a, a battered bloody mindy is uh amber and tara w- run in tara's like what the fuck is going on what did you do richie comes in drops the beer he's holding and like everyone of course everyone starts accusing everyone of everything yep. uh Liv runs in after she has just found chad after she's just found chad her hands are covered in blood everyone and, and amber's suspicious like, at this point yeah amber's like shut the fuck up everyone uh we, and then we get the greatest moment of all time where Liv's like i am not the killer and amber says i know pulls a gun and he shoots Liv in the head. Yes. And, like, for me, going through this movie, so, like, this one is the first one in a long while that I'm going to remember the moments that I was, like, starting to become suspicious of people. Um, I truly, like, had no idea who was going to be the killer. But the moment that the party was at Amber's house, she's coming down that staircase, and I was like, that is Stu Mocker's staircase. 100% was like that. It's Amber. It's Amber. That was the moment I called it. Because, you know, move into Stumacher's old <laughs> fucking house and not become a serial killer. I'm sorry, you don't. Yeah, also, I found... I I knew because I accidentally saw it on Twitter. Oh, no, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, someone tweeted about, uh like, uh, a f- like, it was like, a female ghost face just hits different, and they were posting the photos of all the female, the past female ghost faces. Oh, that And I saw Mikey sucks. Madison's photo, I was like... I was like, damn it, I really wish I didn't know that. But now I do. But I was like, but there is a second killer that I don't know yet. Yes. I think it's actually, like, this movie more than any. Once you know who the killers are, it's a lot of fun to rewatch. 
Um, yes, and and we'll get to one of my favorite bits of the rewatch yes. once we reveal who the second yes. killer is. So that has happened. Uh, we get the amazing line, welcome to Act 3. Yes. Love it. Love the delivery. So uh, Amber, so now Liv is dead. Uh, Mindy is out, is out. Chad is out. Uh, Amber has got Tara. Richie and Sam escape to the basement uh, where uh, Richie accuses Tara of being the second killer because he's yes. like, there's always a second killer. And Sam's like, the fuck are you talking about? It's... Stay the fuck away from me. Well, I'm going to find my sister. There's also like a moment of hesitation because, again, you know, they, they are estranged. They haven't been together. Tara, uh, Amber is Tara's best friend. Um, yeah, they because there there is the moment when when Sam is upstairs and finds Tara duct tape up uh-huh. in the in the in the in the closet and and hesitates Sam, yeah yeah and she she hesitates a little we cut before she real like we get like the full hesitation yeah. but like but like it's we very see the clear bit of the hesitation yeah, she, yeah that she's not entirely sure what she's gonna do um yeah we, richie richie's there a little too much on her head right now we cut to this amazing scene with um, Sydney and Gail, they have arrived at the house. Amber stumbles outside, mm. faking injured. <laughs> and Sydney, like, looks at, like, Gail, and it's just like, real or fake? And Gail's like, eh, it feels a little too fake. Um, and Amber is just like, oh, fuck this, and shoots Gail. It's a great moment of just, again, they have done this four other times. Um, they're yeah. not putting up with anybody's shit. Like, Sydney at this point is a mom. She is here to get these killers away so that she can go back to her kids and continue living her life. Why are you pulling this shit? Like, that is exactly the vibe here for Sydney as she goes into this house. Again, Gail is taken out. She's shot, uh, in the manner that it always is. It's always Sydney that's the final girl. So, um, she goes into this house, um, a killer calls her and she is not having it. She's not going to let him talk. She's like, I don't fucking care. She ha- is taking the gun, is like getting ready to shoot the closet when she, you know, the one that she hears Richie in. And he's like, actually, no, she well, he's shoots just, well, he, Richie. He's, she's just, she's shooting all the doors. Yeah. She's not even listening. She's, she just straight up says in the house, like, like killer or not. If you're hiding, come out now or I'm shooting yeah. you. Yeah. And she does shoot and she Richie shoots. and he is shocked. <laughs> and it's like, no, Sydney Prescott has done this so many times. She's not fucking around. Like, Sydney yeah, is and not like also, just a final and girl. I, I love, she's a mom at this point. I love so much that he's like, he, she's like, I told you to come out. And he's like, I didn't because you were shooting. And I'm like, yeah, but she wouldn't have shot you if you just came out. Yes, exactly. Um, but of course, you know, Ghostface attacks right at that moment. Uh, Richie says out loud, holy shit, it's Ghostface! <laughs> <laughs> Love um, that line so much. <laughs> yes, yeah, Jack Wade is so fucking good in this. And Selling it so hard. We get everybody into the the downstairs foyer. Yeah, Sydney, Sydney is again and Ghostface. Injured. They, they, yeah, we, we, she falls at, like she falls over the banister. Uh, Sam is able to grab the gun. Richie's like, yes, yes, awesome. And then he comes up and stabs Sam on the side. And I, at this point, I was like, I knew it had to be him because who else could it be? A terror felt too obvious, but also it was like, oh, Jack Quaid, you were so good at this. I was hoping you would be our new Dewey. Um, yeah. 
but and he he says the line that like the filmmakers wanted to echo the thoughts of the film of the of the viewers and saying i know it's a bummer it's me yes yes it's so i'm like yeah that's what we're all thinking right now it's a it is a bummer um, I do want to shout out, though, to my best friend uh, who texted me when he watched this and was like, I knew it was Jack Quaid. It's entirely based on the facial hair. He was like, as soon as I saw that facial hair, I knew that man was evil. Um, <laughs> and like, you know what, Josh? Good for you. You were not wrong. We, of course, get their explanation, which is essentially this Scream movie that is just like calling out all toxic fandom that's entirely what this movie yes. is doing not even yes. just that, a horror movie the reason it, like of yeah. star wars too like of everything yeah. that's the reason why they wanted to make it was um i believe james because james vanderbilt is he's one he's one of the co-writers he was also producer he produced uh ready or not through his uh company like and he like he teamed up with radio Science to start like a new production company with them and uh, when the opportunity came to make a screen movie, he he immediately said yes, but he's like, oh shit, what would I do here? And then he was having a conversation with someone and they brought up Toxic Phantom and he's like, that's it. Yeah. That's what the movie's going to be about. Yeah, it's literally these two fans of the Stab movies. We learned that they've met on essentially a Stab Reddit. Um, they hate it. Everybody hates how um, Stab Eight, again, eight, referring back to the uh, Star Wars movies by Ryan Johnson, again, which, again, like, fans bullied these women off of the internet. Like, people, like, you cannot look at the Star Wars fandom, or really a lot at most fandom right now, and not think that there's a lot of toxicity in it. If you cannot acknowledge that, you're just dumb. I mean, hell, uh, I was on Saturday Morning Confidential and Maddie and I were talking about how even the Steven Universe fandom is extremely yeah. toxic. It, like, the, like, gate, like, gatekeeping a lot of, a lot sucks. Of, yes, it's awful. Fuck you. Star Wars is for everyone, but it's mostly for kids. It's, it's mostly it's, for kids. It's 100% for kids. But you know what is so much fun is just sharing things you love with other people. Yeah. So the whole point of this podcast is to yes. talk about our love for these fucking movies. Yes. When I shared uh, the screen movies with where he was like, oh, these are actually good. And I was like, oh, yeah, these aren't just like bad good. These are like good good. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's so basically Richie and Amber, they hated the last movie so much that they were going to make their own movie. And again, we get the, oh, it's not a movie. This is real life, which is a very overused line. I'm really actually tired of hearing that. But <laughs> Richie is like, but it will be, which again is also what essentially four was about. So like, I, I like the toxic fandom. I'm also like, can we also get new arguments? Amber's deranged. Like, oh yeah. Like she, uh, I love her little like moment. Like, I think she does a good bit of the murders in this movie. Like Richie does maybe oh. one. Yeah, we'll, yeah, I, I hear. So we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But like, I agree. I'm pretty sure Amber killed almost everyone. In this yeah, movie. like she is like the the just because Richie is there this. so much. We see we see Richie yes, so much. Yes, they try very to hard Amber. to make it look like he is not there. But again, Dewey called it from moment one. Like, oh yeah, so. So we have that. We, they bring Gale out uh, from outside indoors. So we now have all five. So we got five people in the kitchen now. Yes. Uh, we've got 
Sam, who has been stabbed in the side. We've got Sydney, who has just followed the banister and then gets stabbed and then gets stabbed herself. Uh, and then Gail, who's been shot now. Yes. And like uh, every, everyone been stabbed or shot in the side. <laughs> That's it. Thankfully, like no, no arms, no legs, no faces, all the sides. You know, as one does. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and Richie and Tara confirm that they are not trying to make Sam a final girl. They're actually trying to make her the villain. Again, feeding into that whole backstory. She's like, how do you, how did you know? Amber's like, your mom's the town drunk. We all knew. And Richie's yeah, it's a small like, town. small towns don't have secrets. Yeah. No. And Richie's the like, open I mean, secrets, was, but no real secrets. Yeah. Richie tells her how much her insecurity is easy and gets really, um, cocky it's like i even convinced you that your sister could be the killer and yeah and it's this great moment because amber's upstairs getting tara and tara's not there yeah and she's like not as persuasive as you thought you were huh yeah no i i love that i love that um because as much as like my uh, my sister caitlin who also absolutely love these movies um we don't talk on like the most regular of basis but like there you couldn't convince me that she's the killer no if someone started trying to no. kill me absolutely not like i would 100 per- percent. that is like i don't yeah. care how long we've been dating yeah go fuck yourself yeah um so we he's just like again amber is insane she she is the not only brains behind this in my opinion but like because she's in there insulting dewey like gleefully talking about murdering dewey to gail's face like saying he he went out like a pussy yeah like i'm i'm glad i get to and like as she's choking out gail like i'm glad i get to do you both yes like like woof really focusing in on that whole not seeing them as people but as ideas and concepts Mm -hmm. um but we get the wonderful moment. Oh, like, I, I, okay, I don't. This is not a thing for me, so I don't know if this is a thing that you know about. Are there glass bottles of hand sanitizer in existence? I have no idea. So okay, yeah. But I, I think it's I also a commentary on the fact that like we're post COVID and like everybody well, it's, put it's, out. What's, what's what's funny is that they ha- apparently they had that line in the movie before covid oh like it was in the script okay. beforehand and that's the thing is like a lot of things were in there before covid that just kind of hap they just kind of like happened to comment on this but like they're like oh yeah like we had that line in the script way before covid interesting yeah no i it didn't i honestly didn't think twice about it because everybody was putting out their own version of um yeah yeah and actually another th- another thing that was in the script before uh, but like, and it was definitely before COVID. Um, because it was the uh the fact of how Amber starts to go out, which is she gets set on fire by accident. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, like, I love. I hand sanitizer like, honestly, the, inflammable. Yeah, so hand sanitizer inflammable. accidentally turns on the stove. Gail saying "fuck you" and shooting her and, and shooting her, and then she gets set on fire. And like, this is now. The second movie where Mikey Madison has been set on fire. Amazing. <laughs> Which they and they talked about. It's like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood hadn't come out when we That's wrote fair. this. When we wrote that scene for this character, and then we cast her, and it just worked out that way. <laughs> so it's like, fair. yeah, this script has been like the script they had has been around for 
years. Yes. Um, Sam gets to kill Richie, and it is brutal. Like the oh my God, again, I she's been it. on these probably antipsychotics. We don't actually ever get confirmation what kind of medication it is, but again, she's hallucinating her dead dad. Um, mm-hmm. and as you do, like what very much as clear as we have this final girl with this dark past who can absolutely be pushed too far. Like we are definitely setting up the possibility of a turn to darkness and go full villain arc final girl. I hope it's not that way, but, but it wouldn't be other realm of possibilities. Yeah. No, like this, the, the murder of Richie is so violent and so dark that like literally I counted 22 stabs that is insane and also exhausting here's here's like here is what happens she (sighs) like like he is on top of her and she says i'm introducing a rule new rule don't fuck with the daughter of a serial killer stabs him through both cheeks in the mouth yes pushes him off for and then stabs him another 21 times then says here's your ending slits his throat then gets a gun from gail shoots him three times like talk about overkill no agreed yeah it is so brutal but i'm also sitting here going yes absolutely absolutely. slay queen hell yes i like i know you've set up the visions of billy you've set up that this violent death like i i it, you can also just blame the fact that I play way too much Monster of the Week um, because of my other podcast, but, like, that doomed darkness, I feel like, is very much, like, a possibility for Sam. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we get the who is going to be that, you know, needs to be shot in the head. Um, a it, It's Amber. It's Amber. Um, again, I Amber always <laughs> feel like it is the mastermind. Um, except for two, two was Mickey. So maybe this is entirely, I mean, again, it's Mickey, Mickey, but yeah, Amber's the one to do that. And, uh, Tara kills Amber. So Tara killing best friend, crush, lover, whatever that relationship is. Um, also like, I love so much that throughout these movies, people, like there are people who handle guns and I'm just like, how did you get a headshot? Yes, yes. No, no they're specifically Tara, specifically Tara. I'm just like, how did you get a headshot, Tara? Tara being able to stand up, function, is alive, is is really movie magic. Like, let's be real. Yeah, um, and then the fact, and then it's like, and then her shooting Tara in the head, or I'm sorry, shooting Amber in the head. It's yeah. like. You want past it, but also I don't care because I love yeah, no, that no, she no. then says, I still prefer the Babadook. Yes, yes. Like, yes, Tara, yes. Um, we get this the, the epilogue, um the the Sydney Gale, uh, Sam, Tara are all still alive. We get a moment of Chad and Mindy realizing that each other's alive in this very like, oh hey, you also made it. Thumbs up. Yeah, and also Chad looks fucked. Like he's oh, on a yeah. ventilator. He's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, but still able to be like, "What up, buddy? I also made it." Like they're they're both like, what's in up, sis? the sequel. They like I love I love that they're like that their thumbs up is their th- uh, thumb like doing the thumbs up at each other is their thing for each other. Yes, just like yeah. yeah. Um, I love that. Sam asks Sydney basically, "How do you move on with this?" And yeah, she literally says the line, "Am I gonna be okay?" And the answer, you know, is it's a very honest from Sydney, like, 
Again, the best thing about Sydney is that she is feels so real. She doesn't reset. She doesn't, you know, we've got in the new Halloween, this Jamie Lee Curtis, um, who has foregone so much of her world and life and as like a requel, a reset and all this other things. But the great thing about Sydney is that we watched her struggle and movies already with what's gone on. We've watched her try to run away from it. We've watched her think so that she's done with it and write a book and then something else happened. And so it's, it feels like real good advice coming from her. Yeah. She just says eventually yeah. it's going to take a lot of work, but yeah, you, but like, you know, it's like, isn't you're not going to get over it, but you know, you can work through it. Yeah. So, and then we get that, I think we get that last little moment of Sam looking in a car window and seeing her reflection and and seeing Billy again and just kind of accepting that this is just a part of her. Yeah. Oh, oh. And we also get, um, Gail saying like, I know what I'm going to write about. It's not going to be these fuckers. They can die in anonymity, but I am going to die. I'm going to write about a good man, uh, who, who fought for this town. Yeah. I just like. I love so much her saying these fuckers can die in anonymity. Yes. I'm like, yes. yes. Like, you. yeah, it's a very like, um, full arc for Gail. Um, part of me would a hundred percent, a hundred percent not expect Courtney Cox to come back because it is her basically going like celebrity has cost me so much in my life. And like, look at what people are doing to chase after that. And like, we need to honor the good and, you know, Dewey, and it's it's just a great commentary arc of for Gale. So, like, if this is the last we see of Courtney Cox, I'm at well. Peace she is with in that. six. Oh, she is in six. I wasn't sure if they confirmed that or not. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She, she was. I think it was right after. I think actually she was the first person confirmed for six. Gotcha. So, but even but which I find interesting, like even before our our survivors from here, our main cast, she was the first person confirmed. So I a hundred percent have theories on six. If you want to, hear I think him. she. I honestly like my only theory is I think she is going to, uh, either be writing the book about Dewey or have or have finished the book about Dewey and it's about to be published. So, here's a hundred percent what I think is going to happen. I think that Gail will have finished the book. Um, so it is, we do have confirmation it is taking place in New York. Um, yes, Melissa I'm so excited about that. Barrera has confirmed that they they want to talk about yeah, and and I got a little bit of reservations with that. I really hope that the people who are doing this has live have lived in New York and actually experienced New York, and we're not going to get that cliche. But again, Scream is all about turning over tropes, so we'll I I have to trust that. Um, but I'm he, excited to see Ghostface on on the New York right? subway. But here's 100 percent my pitch for six. Gail's written the book. Um, Tara is in at NYU for school. Um, mm-hmm. Sam is just kind of, you know, doing her thing to survive in New York. They're trying to, you know, be in the city, you know, be anonymous in the city. Um, yeah, because they do, because Sam does say, like, you know, I'm like, we're never, I'm never letting you go, basically. Right. Like, I'm not, ne- like, you're not going out of my sight. So it, it definitely conceivable that, like, Sam would follow her. Yes. To college, essentially. Like, just, and just, like, be there to watch over her. I a hundred percent think that Nev Campbell and Matthew Lillard's entire thing on social media is that that everybody is trying to 
draw attention to Nev Campbell's not going to be there. I 100% think Nev Campbell is signed up secretly. I think Matthew Lillard's going to be there. I think he's the killer. Um, because, <laughs> no, but like you've got Billy's daughter coming out. Like what would bring Stu out of the asylum or wherever he's been? Yeah, because like, like it really Billy. sucks. But like, yeah, it's like, you know, you know that the news reported on the fact that. Yeah. Like, like that, that, that would, like, that would eventually leak out. Yes. After this. Yes. So, like, in my actual thoughts, like, I think that it is entirely a smokescreen. I think that both Nev Campbell and Matthew Lillard are trying to act like, uh, and separate themselves from the screen movie so that it is a, like, shock when they show up. And yeah, I think that it's Stu. He's gonna, obviously, he's gonna have someone else that he has met in this asylum that's gonna, like, have made their way into the girl's life. Um, but it yes, would explain, yes. like, the book coming out for Dewey would explain why Sydney would be there. It would explain why, uh, shit, what is her name? Kirby show, would show up. Um, yes, it, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, like... Yeah, because I feel like, I, I definitely feel as though that after the events of 4, like, Kirby and Dewey got kind of closer. To yeah, it, like, yeah. They, they, it was already established that, like, they knew each other and they had, like, a rapport. Absolutely. Um, because Kirby Kirby gets in trouble a lot. But I feel like definitely after four, like, Kirby went to Dewey. Like, as, I think Dewey and Gale, like, yeah. a lot. Because, like, oh, she couldn't go to Sydney because Sydney's not there. So it's like, well, no, no, no. Dewey I, and Gale are here. I think that 100% Kirby and Sydney are friends. Like, they had that moment oh, in yeah. the basement. I think that, yeah. I think they are absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's like Sydney's not there. She can't physically talk to them. So what's ne- so Dewey and Gale are are her go tos to talk to someone face to face. Yeah, but she definitely. But yeah, no, her and Sydney definitely like have like monthly phone calls. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're definitely in touch. And um, yeah, so like, if that is actually what happens, like, even if I did actually just predict it, I don't think I actually did. But like. It's a way that you get all of these people into this movie without it feeling shoehorned, in my opinion, is that everybody, like, oh, yeah. you go to Honor Dewey. Uh, yeah. And- also, you know, you know, Mindy's at NYU Film School. Oh, absolutely. Mindy, Tara, um, Chad, like, I- Chad probably, I feel like, would be coming into town. Um, yeah. I don't know. Tara he's, I bet be he's on, like, school. I bet he's on, like, a. I would, yeah, I don't, yeah, I feel like Chad would be on, like, a, on, like, a sports scholarship. Yeah, I feel like he's up in uh, Connecticut on a sco- sports scholarship. Definitely yeah, and, and he and he's up, yeah, and he, oh, oh, yeah, I could totally see Chad doing lacrosse, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, ooh, yeah, I yeah. want to, I want, now I want to see Mason Gooding play lacrosse, because that'd be fun to watch. <laughs> so. Lacrosse is fun to watch, y'all. It, it's brutal, but yeah. Um, exactly, that's why I like it. It's, it's hockey, but, uh, but in a field. <laughs> we are pushing two and a half hours and, and red has come yes. home so we do need to start wrapping up but yes. so uh so the, the last thing to yeah. s- so i would say my my last thing um i love so much that they they do have a four west at the end of the movie yes. and on top of that they have a bird call over that because uh because west craven was a bird watcher he was yes. fascinated by birds so they have like a little like i like a a loving nod to him uh, and also we get, uh, I th- honestly, I'm going to say, I think this has the best soundtrack of all the movies. I agree. It's um, a good soundtrack. Yeah. Like, cause like during the bar, we have turned to hate by Orville Peck. Uh, when we first meet, uh, Richie and Sam, there's the song. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's called just us by DJ Khaled and SZA. 
We have the two songs that close out this, Fall Out of Love by Salem and I Don't Want to Talk by Wallows, a.k.a. the band that Dylan N- Minette is in. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, they yeah because like because that's why like Dylan Minnette doesn't do anything now. He like he's like semi-retired from acting and is mostly doing music with Wallows. Nice. So when they brought him back, they're like, "Hey, can we get a song from your band?" He's like, "Yeah, sure." Had this song off of our new album. Nice. Um, I will say again, I think this movie is the best for going back to to one watch it all the way through first, and then to go back and rewatch it, knowing who the killers are because um one again jack quaid is just eating scenery scenery this entire movie but oh yeah that was all of my, their my, my interactions point, like, are just his re- like if you go back and watch his reaction to seeing dewey for the first time he looks starstruck oh but like everything about uh, richie and amber i mean they're flirting in the fucking hospital oh you could be the killer oh yeah oh, they you are. could be the killer it's it's like she calls so him netflix <laughs> Yes, everything about it is so obvious. Like, again, just go rewatch it. Um, knowing that Amber is likely the one murdering everybody, it's like the, all the fumbling around. It's it's such a great movie to be rewatched. Yeah. I think one of the few times that it is Richie is uh, when Sam is attacked. Yes. In, in yes. the break room at the hospital. That was definitely Richie. Yeah. Because he was already there. Amber was across town. She she does mention, like, she was being interviewed by Sheriff Hicks, so it had to be Richie. Yeah. I, I really feel like I don't think Richie murdered anybody in this, but. No, I don't think he did, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we had, well, let's see, we had Wes, Sher- Wes, Judy. The cop at the hospital, Dewey. Oh, it would have been the cop at the um, hospital, yeah. Because yeah, it, yeah, it, Amber definitely oh, yeah, yeah. killed the Hicks. So yeah, so he would have had to murder could, the person at the hospital. The the red shirt at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The red shirt at the hospital. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 We uh, So, yeah, I guess to kind of round up where everyone is in this movie. Um, <sighs> R.I.P. Dewey. Yeah, D- Dewey is gone. Rest in peace, our sweet crusty boy. Um, then Sydney, is- Sydney is definitely like she's like fuck. I'm just gonna try and put this behind me and go back to my my husband and kids and try to live my life again. Yep, she's done it um, once. She's going to go reset again. <laughs> yeah, and Gail, I think especially after her her conversation with Dewey and the events that have just taken place, she's like definitely going to take a step back from the spotlight it seems and as she says she's gonna she she wants to write a book about dewey i would not be surprised if um there's something like gail hasn't been seen or since you know or like took a long hiatus or something before yeah it's yeah yeah, it it could be yeah it could be like they they could have like an interview in the next one of like she's interviewing for the new book and it's like we have it's like you've you've taken a step back from the spotlight it seems after after the events of this uh, of back in woodsboro all this to kind of like show us that like yeah it definitely seems as though she's definitely going to take a very a very uh, a long due break absolutely uh from from the spotlight yeah uh so yeah thanks everybody for taking this uh halloween journey with us as we talked about one of our favorite series yeah, yeah. we did it uh yeah we'll be back so uh at some yeah point. we'll be back uh it definitely seems as though i guess uh it'd be, it'd be good for us in march of next year 2023 and the lead up to scream 6 being released on march 31st we'll be back then to talk about all three seasons of scream the tv series yeah
which I'm super stoked to talk about because I have so many thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so enjoy your Halloween. Uh, If you're not listening to this on Halloween, hope you enjoyed your Halloween. Yeah, and enjoy um, whatever fucking thing was after Halloween. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I think there's something going on with sleigh bells in December. I don't fucking know. know. Who gives two shits? Sleep. This has been Screaming in Woodsboro from J.D. Martin and Meg Griffin. You can follow both of us on Twitter at J.D. underscore Martin underscore and at Meg Griffin. That is Meg with two G's. Also, we have other podcasts. I have Comics Quest, which you can follow at Comics Quest Show, and Fables and Reflections with Angela Bones Bullock, which you can follow at F&RPod, as and spelled out. Meg also has the show's Judging Book Covers, that is at JBC Podcast. And there's also Once Upon a Time a Monster of the Week, which you can follow at O-U-A-M-O-T-W Pod. Thank you so much to Nikki Berger for the incredible artwork. You can follow her at Double Burger. That is Burger with two E's, no U. And also thank you to Brett Eagleston for the music in the intro and outro of the show. Please check his music out at bretteagleston.bandcamp.com. Again, this is Screaming in Woodsboro. Thank you so much for listening. Good night.